we, we didn't talk about the fact that this is one of those movies where they say the name of the movie in the movie. Welcome to Con Air. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. This is our first episode for November. Yeah. We haven't recorded since October 8th. Why haven't we recorded since October 8th, Freddie? Firewatch 2019. <laughs> Fucking hell in SoCal. Jesus Christ. You know, it, you don't have to be local to know what the fuck happened because it was on every news channel, every radio, every it was everywhere. We knew that we were on fire. Everywhere. Yeah, and now it's called a wind. Excuse me. It's a wind event. It's not, it's not just hey, what the, the Santa Anas are going to kick in. We're preparing for wind event Armageddon. <laughs> We're going to shut off all the power in Southern California to prevent wildfires. Guess what? It didn't work. It's so stupid. The um, day they shut the power off is when all the fires started. See, here's what's funny. Yes, Freddie lives near where I live, but he's about 20, 25 minutes away, depending on traffic. And he's in a more rural area than I am. But we both get the same threats of power getting shut off. The difference is mine never turned to happen, and his happened more often than he actually had power. Yeah, I think I, I think we're up to like seven days of the power being shut off out of, um, I don't know, that started like on the, what, the 16th or Just something. 13th or something? But the threats have been happening for a month. Oh, yeah. For a month. Like Joey missed two days of school because right. of... One day they actually lost. We I take that back. We did lose power one day, and they closed school down. It was a Friday. Joey got a nice three day weekend, which is beautiful. Wait, was that Donut Day? It was Donut Day. <sighs> My son for excelling academically, which is a pretty big step for him because he he's he is on the autism spectrum, very outskirts of it, but he's still on it, and he's been working his ass off this first year in junior high. And he got rewarded for it with a, with a donut award, which is all the kids get celebrated for doing well in school and keeping their grades up. And he has, and it was a great thing for him. He comes home Thursday, super excited. And then he gets the, the bittersweet news later on Thursday that no donut day for you tomorrow because the school's closed. So he's excited for no school, but he's also kind of bummed because he's going to go through that experience of being rewarded for working hard. So his reward was a day off. Because <laughs> he still got his donut yeah, later. Yeah, right? He still got the donut, so he got a donut and a day off. It worked out perfectly. See how see how it is? It's, uh, you know, welcome to the new norm, as the guy from SCE told me. Eat yeah. shit, dude. What a fucking load of shit. I, welcome to the new norm. That's just, you know, kind of what happens. You know, you guys live out in a... What? What? You're blaming me, you motherfucker? Yeah, hey, let's. Let, I think that's the best customer service in the world. Tell them they're fucking idiots for living dude, out. Dude, I, really. I asked him if I could quote him on Twitter. And he's like, fucking, <laughs> looked like his eyes were going to bust out of his head. What's your, what's your employee number? <laughs> I said, wait a second. I, I took a picture of him. <laughs> I'm going to put you out on Twitter, brah. <laughs> on the Twitter. I didn't. I mean, I did tweet out his bullshit response to me, though. I, but I didn't, you know, I didn't name him. It's just that you tagged Edison, though. I did. Of course, I know I was on their feed. Nice. Yeah, I put it on their page and like a whole bunch of people out in the area. Because there were people, like the tick fire burned the shit. Dude, people are 
they, they evacuated like 40,000 people out here. It was out of control. Dude, the whole thing has just been... <sighs> scary. It's weird, man, because it's literally... I mean, I just happened to think, God, knock on wood, I was on, the, um, I was on the other side of it, man. I was just east of where the fire started. I could see it from my house, but the wind was blowing west, right. and I was just east of it. You sent me a picture. I was at work. And <laughs> like and then, smoke signals. <laughs> and, if you, and if you looked at the weather app, it was saying the, weather, the wind was going the opposite way, and then just a matter of... 30 minutes, maybe it completely shifted the opposite direction. It was going the opposite way of you. Oh, yeah. And that was during a power edge that the power was out uh, at that point. And it's weird because where I live, if you don't have any power, you don't have any water because I have a well and a pump, and the pump runs on electricity. So when they shut their power off, they're also shutting my water off. And apparently people at Edison are unaware of such a scenario. Yeah, they didn't know. Oh, well, you know, you guys, this community is a special, um, we, we weren't aware. Uh, I'm like, really, you guys don't speak to any of the other public utilities. You guys aren't very on this, are you? You're just mm -hmm. making it up as you go along. And he just looked at me like he didn't have a fucking thing to say. That's nice. Thanks for sharing, fuckhead. Thanks for your opinions about where I should be living. <laughs> I know. It was so ridiculous. Go back to your apartment in Santa Monica, I, I didn't asshole. yell, man. I didn't get all pissed in. I just was very matter of fact. I just kept staring at him, and I wouldn't get up out of the chair. I, I wouldn't leave. I just kept, I said, look, I, look, you haven't answered one question. I've asked you, you you've given me three 800 numbers <laughs> that I already have. You want to write another one down, but I already have these numbers. Right. I mean, it says right here on Twitter, SCE, that there are people, there's a rep in the area today to answer questions. And every question I've asked you, you can't answer it. But that's why we haven't recorded, Corey. <laughs> because of all this, we shortchanged the 15 people. <laughs> yeah, man. We shortchanged them an episode. A couple of people actually knew what that was supposed to be. It'll come back around because we'll be bonus. We're, we're both pretty passionate about doing exactly what we're going to do with that. Yeah, totally. And there's no good Thanksgiving movie. There isn't. Well, planes, for the trains, holidays? and automobiles. Planes, trains, and home automobiles. Home for the holidays? Stop that. <laughs> I love Home for the Holidays. I do too. I like it more than like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Don't say that. I, I, They're different I, I'm movies. I'm not saying I don't like Planes, Trains, They're and Automobiles. They're different movies. Don't but compare But I like them. Home for the Holidays more. You don't compare them. It's like comparing Die Hard with A Christmas Story. They're no, both it's like Christmas comparing movies. Die Hard with Lethal Weapon. No. Don't do that either. Lethal Weapon's better. Um. Anyway, we might um, get around to that. We will get around to it. Maybe for Thanksgiving. <laughs> we don't know. Sorry. But today we have Con Air. Hey, this is Patreon request. This is this is uh, Tom Ellicott put this request in for us. We thought, hey, you know, we got two people on Patreon. <laughs> Let's give them an episode yeah. that they want. So so this the first one up is going to be from... Tom, I'd from, like to apologize now. So Tom was very excited that we were going to do this. I told him, hey, we're, we're going to cover Con Air. And he's like, oh, because he gave us a list of five movies. And the same thing we asked of Mario. Of Mario. Yep. Asked to give us five movies. Ironically, we set up all our movies for November and December. I don't think any Mario's movies are No, no, there is. Which one is this? The one we're doing next week. The, oh. the last one we're doing of the month. Oh, the last one. Was with he the, on the, the, Oh, the, you know what? The, maybe with, the, with a certain guy who's yeah, yeah. dead. Well, <laughs> a lot of stuff he covered. Well, there you have it. Well, you know, because Robert we, Loja. Well, the thing is, we covered, oh, when I covered, we talked about that movie so often already. So I kept thinking it was our choice and not so much nope, his nope. choice. It's, uh, it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was the first It was the first one on his list. We both have a very large heart for Nick Cage, and it doesn't matter what he does. Dude, I see all of them. All of them. And, okay, I want to tease a little something. Well, we've teased it before, but I'm going to actually say it. 
because since this is a Patreon thing and we talked about the yeah. other thing being a Patreon thing. For sure. We decided some time ago, and we've recorded one episode, and actually Tom heard it already. Tom, I, I sent it to Tom oh, some, quite some time ago. And we did a thing called Disencaged because we have to have fun with our words. And basically what it is, it's going to be a monthly Patreon bonus thing where we cold watch a Nicolas Cage, a Nicolas movie. Cage movie right off Prime. Like first time that we're doing a live fan commentary for a movie we've, we've never, never seen. seen. So we thought that was a fun idea. We did it once with the movie Stolen, ironically directed by Simon West, the director of Con Air. Correct. And reunites he and, and Cage. Nick Cage together. And also MC Ganey, who I flies for, the plane, I, I is for, in Stolen. I forgot that MC Ganey's in it. There's a lot of people that are in There's a lot of crossover in those Simon West right. movies. And they're in there just long enough to go, and they're gone. Con Air. <laughs> you were in Con Air? So, yeah. Th- so, we said this would be a really cool thing. We've only done the one episode. Um, but there's already seven new Nick Cage movies dude, on Amazon Prime. There's a <laughs> there's a new movie coming Daily. out on Friday. <laughs> I am so excited about it. I forwarded that one to Tom also. I go, look at this. He goes, that looks rad. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, I, have, a, I have an alert set up for any Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I do. I swear to God. It's on Google. So, any Nicolas Cage announcements on the internet, I get an email. What's and that? What's that one called? Friday the, the Africa one? Oh, it's called. This isn't called Safari. Uh, is it called Safari? Oh god! Basically, it what right it is, now. it sounds so amazing. He Nick Cage is a big game hunter for zoos. Like he goes out and tracks down animals. Is this, I mean, is this not going to be the ghost in the darkness kind of thing? Is it? It kind of look. It, it kind of has a cheesy. Uh, I, that, that's why I was yeah. so excited by it. It looks fun. It looks. Oh come on, it's Nick Cage, dude. So you get to. You get to relish in a, a Nick Cage performance. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? Yeah. Dude, he is out of his freaking you, mind. And you know what it is? I don't know if it's still because he's still dealing, dealing with all the financial tax stuff. I have no idea. But I wanted to keep on this trajectory because I love all the stuff he's doing. When did it all start? When did, when did all these smaller movies start for him? I want to say... Was it Bangkok Dangerous? No. Crack was, called? was that before Lord Lord of Lords of War? No, Lords of War was good, though. And that was a studio flick. Mm, but was it a studio flick? Yeah, it was. But I mean, I'm talking about like... It, it, was, it was once he was like out it, of the... It was like Lionsgate or something. So I don't know if there no, was No, no, that was... No, well, maybe it was Lionsgate, but it was still considered a studio movie. It had big people in it. It wasn't really one of those... Primal is what that movie is called. Primal. How do I forget Primal? I don't know. Me neither. How did I forget it? You know what? why? I was I got it confused the with Grand Isle, which is also coming out. What? Grand well, Isle. Is it, isn't there another movie called Primal that was about an alligator or a croc or something? Gorilla. It was about it was about a gorilla. Was it? Yeah. Was it? I think so. I want to say like Ed Norton was in it or something. Oh man! But dude, we're also I'm, Kill Chain is another movie that just looks off the hook, dude. That other Nick Cage movie that just came out last week. <laughs> Did you just say Ed Norton? You're thinking of Primal Fear. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Anthony Hopkins is in Primal. Hey, guess what, everybody? Fight Club's about one dude. He's a schizo. Hey, wait! Didn't they already make that movie? Did I ruin? Did I ruin? No, no, look, I'm ruining Fight Club for you. There's a there's a bunch of movies called Primal, honestly. Primal. One with, I never heard of any of these people. <laughs> we have new microphones. I don't know how these are going to sound because I haven't really tested them. They're going to sound great. I don't know. So far, my headphones they sound okay, but I sound. Yeah, like, you sound as sexy as ever, dude. Come on. <laughs> I might have to lower my voice. Well, I said Robert Loja. I noticed the difference between these mics and the other more expensive mics. Say Goodfellas and see how it sounds. I don't want. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that today. That was the last time I've ever saying it. Okay. So, <laughs> Con Air. You can Air, say man. as long as you say, say hashtag in front hashtag. of it. Hashtag. 
He's a Con Air, one. man. Con Air. Con Air is funny because Did I hadn't think... seen Con Air since it was in the theater. I'd never... I'd, what? I didn't, no, honestly. I saw it in the theater, but I saw it like three times. Man. But I never owned it. I never saw it. Like, I never watched it at home. I saw it in the theater. Because you... not only was I a giant Cage fan, I used to love John Cusack. And I still do. Used to. Eh. I still like John Cusack. I'm not going to say oh, I love John on. Cusack. Because where Cage has made some junky movies, makes junky movies, but he's always awesome in them. Sometimes Cusack makes junky movies. He ain't awesome in them. Well, he's not. Did, well, you, see, did you see Frozen Ground with him and uh, No, but you're the, one, you're the one that was mentioning that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to watch it. Well, <laughs> I'll pretend I haven't that, seen it. I, <laughs> well, I'm making a disengaged because it seems like a disengaged movie, but, but, but the whole point of that premise was yeah, that yeah, neither yeah. one of us has seen it. Correct. I will. I'll, I'll go over to Big Lots and buy it. It's on Prime. I, was it? Well, I know it's on. I know it's a big lots because I saw it when I bought oh, that Oh, you stack. didn't buy it? It was only three I, bucks. Oh, well, because I already spent 50 buying the 29 movies that I bought. All right. 29. All right. If you got a local big lots for you, you want to build up your library. Yeah, man. Go to I big just, lots. Dude, I just picked up um, Blu-ray of The Matador there. That Paris Brosnan film. Oh, that's what you were talking about. I was talking about because I think I, I had it on DVD and I think... I did a giant purge at one point, and I think it just ended up you being know, purged. It's funny because I but did for a, three bucks. I did that big purge. I rebought it. I re, I donated all of my DVDs, things that I have upgraded to Blu-ray. I donated them all to the library, the local library. Me too. And uh, there was one point when we were going to watch something, I'm and you like, want to run it. And I'm like, shit. How how weird that would have been for me to go to the library and and borrow the movie that I gave them, <laughs> right? Can I borrow that back? Yeah, man, I did the same thing. I gave them to the uh, the it's the one that's over there by, um, oh god, what is it? Where they're putting the Lemley Theater? Yeah, yeah, the uh, old New Hall, old New uh, Hall, Lion, Lions and old Rail, New Rail, Hall Railroad, and new and uh, Lions and Railroad. That's where they're at. Correct. It's a nice. It's Look, a nice. Dude, our, our DVDs are intermingling over there, partying. <laughs> Hey, man. Dude, it's so funny. Look at all the shit they built right down the corner. They, they've had to sign it for the There's building. There's not going to be a movie theater there, by the way. <laughs> Where is it? That's that. But that's the iron structure you see right now. Is it? It is. Is it? Is it? Are you sure? Because it because it looks it's positionally on the lot Does is it? where it was supposed to be based on the artist rendering. Mm. But what's dumb is the artist rendering never showed the apartments they were building. They never showed the parking. Nope, structure. it certainly did. I was like, <laughs> what is all this nonsense? It is. Oh man, there's gonna I, be a Starbucks. Are they, are they gonna put? A, I hope they don't ruin that area by putting a Starbucks. in No, there. I have a feeling they're doing like old old Pasadena kind of vibe. That's yeah. what they're going for. I think there's a bookstore going in there. But you, what bookstore? I don't know. Oh, there's a comic book store. By the way, that's that's about Brave New World. Have you been to Open Book? No. Dude, it's fucking dope. Well, it's wait. Like, it's like that, a real bookstore. It's on Soledad. It used like to. White's. Open Book used to be over at the mall. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. But now they got a big spread. It's I, cool, dude. You can go in yeah. there and they do like, I, I went there and learned how to bind books and shit. They have classes on Saturdays. Oh, really? Yeah, it's cool. I don't need another hobby. Just you, you see my living room full of my current hobby. No, man. <laughs> I do. I'm flattening movie prints constantly. Anyway. <laughs> all right, so. If you're not familiar with Con Air, this is actually at a time where Jerry Bruckheimer and, and Don Simpson were like the masterminds of popcorn theater. They put out everything. Everything they put out was like, oh, I got to see that because it's going to be loud and visually stunning and blah, 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 blah. And it started the career for a lot of people, especially Michael Bay. And um, some people refer to Con Air as Michael Bay light. And I think that's a that's fair. That's fair. But this is the first one that Jerry Bruckheimer produced on his own. 
because Don Simpson had passed while they were in pre-production. The Rock, I think, was the last thing that Don was involved in before he passed away. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, if you've never read the book about his life, Don Simpson, it's called High Concept, and it is interesting. Was he? And uh, from what I understand, very accurate. Don Simpson, uh, Homer's brother. Yeah, yeah, it, it's the one that came back that Danny DeVito voiced. Right, and gotcha. he came back yep. as a super rich, and they ended up build, building the Homer. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, good. All so, right, so uh, Nick Cage is uh, this guy, John and he kills Simpson. somebody, and then he goes to jail, and then he ends up on his plane. No, come on. That's, let's let's talk about the brilliant scene at the <laughs> beginning with him and Monica Potter, who couldn't be any flatter than, you know, she's like wall, she's like white paint on a wall. They really did nothing for her to stand. Well, you know, I think they're... It was weird. Well, like, no, I think they, they really went out of their way for her to stand out in this low-lit bar. Correct. My question for you is, okay, so knowing what's about to unfold, there's like a weird thing. They're having their conversation and she's like, you know, um, you know, I always knew that there was a better person. Like, I feel like at one point during their relationship before he went to the military, he's a beat her ass. <laughs> I, you know, I never, and then, and I, then it comes, I didn't want that person. And then he comes out and, you know, is there I, some I, subtext I, there? <laughs> no. Well, there is subtext there, but that's not the subtext I got out of it. I got out of it is like he was somebody that fooled around on her and he found his discipline in as a ranger. Okay. But he clearly has anger issues though. Right. Something. Yeah. But he was also being defensive as opposed to. Yeah. But I mean, she just plays the whole movie. I feel like every time we see her in the movie, she's like, she's like a very degree of terrified of like, well, my f- God, he's coming home. Oh, please tell him to come home. Like, well, but almost, don't tell him to come home. I almost felt there was, there was a lot of moments in there where I'm thinking he's been gone for how long? How long has he been gone for? We don't know how long he's been gone Eight for. Years. You gone. mean how long no, was no, he in no, the no, army? Like, like, when, we, like the when, he, when he comes home is fully uniformed. She's expecting him, but not expecting him. It's really weird. Like, oh, like her boyfriend that she's been hanging with on the side is sitting at the end of the bar. Right. That's the guy who starts the fight. Right. Well, I'm just but saying... You're, you're ruining my tips, honey. Why don't you go outside? <laughs> you're killing my tips. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just going to say, he, let's just say, because I think the, probably the average tour of duty is four years. He's been in the Marines for four years. Well, you know, he's, a, he's an Army Ranger. Oh, he's been in the Army Rangers. Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention to the, yeah. the uniform. I should have known. Yeah, yeah, so Army, four years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it was only, I, I mean. Or was he just home you from. Uh, because he would have been in a military prison if he was just home on leave after, like, you know, going to basic training and coming back. So he's probably well, done a whole tour. They're back together again, like Hall and Oates. Back together again. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny. He, he comes in the bar, and there's Monica Potter. and Waiting like, tables. Waiting tables. Slinging tequila. And I think he's really more mostly offended because, like, come on, I'm shaking my ass because I'm earning tips. My wife's I mean, better than this. My girl's better than this. I'm just, I'm giving you the idea of what Bruckheimer is trying to set up here, which is there's lots of stuff in this movie, just like with the other movies we've covered, that make you go, oh, this would not fly today. How this would score. <laughs> there's, there's so many, like, I don't want to say non PC things or something like that. And there's one point in there, I'm just like going, even in 96, I'm like, what the fuck are. What are you doing? What This isn't funny. I know you're going for laughs here, but this is not funny. Not funny. There's a whole bunch of things that have hit dead air for me like this and, time around. And it's like even more so now because I'm like, it's been 22 years and 23 years. I'm like, this is bullshit. No. Anyway. Right. Now I'm with you. We, I digress. Nick shows up and he's just like, oh, hey, baby. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm home. Yeah. And like you said, she, she feels a little, I don't know, Trisha is her name. She feels like a little off. 
She doesn't, I don't know, she's almost like, oh, you're home. Ugh. Almost like, oh, God. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, and that, how did it, does he already know that she's pregnant? Um, I, I think he I, does. Yeah, he must know. Because there's the whole conversation. Doesn't he have his hand on her stomach while they're talking? Oh, maybe. Okay, baby, got to get you out of here. You might get, you know, the baby might get some alcohol by osmosis. <laughs> Doesn't he say that, actually? I don't know, baby. He should have. If not, and then got to get you out of here. Get that belly safe. And that fucking asshole that gets it, that kind of like steps in. Hey, soldier dick. Doesn't he yeah. call him soldier dick? Yeah. <laughs> So even though you hear somebody gets called Soldier Dick, he's not the dick of our movie. In fact, no, he's he our hero. Get to that he movie. is our hero. Not yeah. an anti-hero. He's just straight up hero. Straight up hero. He's an army ranger. Dude, if I that, could play that song, that Hulk Hogan song, Real American, right then and there, I would have played it right in that bar. And you know something I forgot to know, add to? This is the movie that makes you beg the question, how do I live without you? Right. And which version is it? Is it Trisha well, Yearwood or is it? Uh, for the movie, it's Trisha Yearwood. Right. As it should be. Yes. Because how does a 16-year-old girl know better? How does Leanne Rhymes steal yeah. that song? Think she's 16. Oh, I think she sang it first, dude. Yeah, I don't I don't no, know no, which no. version. I just no, know she, they both sang it. No, no. Leanne Rhymes, Leanne Rhymes did it first, and I think it was supposed to be for the movie, and they said, she's too young. You can't have you can't have that young girl singing that song for these people that are in their 30s. So neither one of them wrote it, is what we're saying. It was probably think, written I don't by think Mutt he, Lang. I don't think, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> or Jennifer Warren. No, well, maybe Jennifer Warren. No, 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 no. It's definitely Desmond Child because he. I remember Steve Perry. Steve Perry. No, I mean maybe Jennifer Steve Warren Perry. wrote that song. Fucking Steve Perry. Steve Tyler. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. <laughs> Steven Taylor. Steven Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Hey Taylor. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Taylor's dead. <laughs> this here is Chris Simba. <laughs> Dude, anyway. we're not gonna find our groove. We haven't done this in a month. Come on. Fuck, this is a mess. We're picking the wrong. <laughs> we- Tom, I must. I already apologized to you, Tom. I'm not going to do it again. I almost feel like I need to send. I'm going to send him the un, <laughs> the unedited version just so he can appreciate how long it is. Great. So some drunk dude, you know, gets into his shit and hey, I'm just banging like, your wife. He should have just said that because um, he was. Well, or he wanted to. Well, that was my, more. It's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my baby's head to that belly. <laughs> soldier boy. Soldier boy. Soldier dick. So th- that whole thing dissipates and. And they're getting ready to split. Like, all right, come on. So Poe, we haven't mentioned his name yet. Um, Cameron, Cameron Poe is po. Nick Cage's name. So again, like we've heard, you heard from us before. We're going to say Nick. We're going to say Cage. We're going to say Nick Cage. We're going to say Poe. We're going to say Cameron, Cameron Poe. Po. We're going to say. Depending on who's talking about him in the movie, we'll, we'll just adjust. Yeah. So we go outside, right? They're standing, outside. It's standing in the rain with it's his head hung low. Because. Couldn't get a ticket. Because the Bruckheimer produced movie, so we need to have production value. Dude, At all times, we need a giant lighting setup outside in the rain, and there's neon. What I you, know, I loved it, dude. I was like, "Ooh, this is the best, dude." What kind of how many floodlights were they using outside? I'm like, I don't it know. just felt so out of place. I'm like, going, dude. I felt like we were watching someone like try to get over the Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Lights and rain and Monica Potter wet with her Whatever. with that weird like <laughs> that weird energy. I could she, see her crying in the what, rain. What else did she did she do before this? Kiss uh, one of those spider. Along came a spider uh, or something. Spider. Was or is that one? after it? She's in one of those movies. She no. took over for Ashley Judd. I don't. I don't. Uh, I dude. I until you said because I didn't look because I she just I found her to be super annoying. And when I asked you, I said, "Yeah, the wife." And you're like Monica Potter. I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Monica Potter." Yeah. What happened to her? And you're like, "She's on Parenthood for like ten years." I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. I was wrong. I've, 
she's always rubbed me the wrong way because she looked like Julia Roberts. So I was called the Julia Roberts light. But you know, she had blonde hair, and I wasn't making a reference to call her light because she had blonde hair. No, no, hair. I get you, because she's like a lightweight version of yeah. Julia Roberts. And here's another thing. I'm not a fan of Julia Roberts. So for me to comment about somebody saying you're a light version, a junior version of that thing that I don't like, it means I probably don't like you anyway. Yeah. But oh. she's actually very enjoyable on Parenthood. But, you know, I expect somebody to figure out how to act a little bit better in 10 years. And well, in all fairness, what did she have to work with? In well, there wasn't much for her to do. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it wasn't, she was in Saw too, right? She was in the first Saw movie. So there's some things. What, oh, is she Carrie Elway's wife? I think so. That sounds about right. She was in Saw, and I think Along Came a Spider was after. I think it was like oh, yeah, 2000 yeah. or 2001, probably. Yeah, because they did those two movies in a row from High, uh, high Crimes, right? Uh, nope, there was uh, Kiss the Girls. High, high Game. Kiss high. the Girls, then Along Came a Spider, and then High Crimes. All, yeah, all yeah, very close. The same, same uh, author. Yeah. Right. And Morgan Freeman. Isn't Morgan in all of them? Morgan Freeman is in all of them, yes. I think so. Tom, no, Tommy Lee Jones is in one of them, right? Oh, I don't remember. That doesn't matter. No, that's honestly, Double Jeopardy. Honestly, <laughs> then that is with Astrid Judd. Right. <laughs> it's all running together, man. Uh, and Tommy Lee Jones basically playing who he played in. Yeah, everything. Well, well, yeah, but really, really. Yeah, he's basically playing. U.S. Marshals. I don't, Men I don't in Black. Ca- I don't care. It's all kind of the same. Wow. Well, so we're still in the parking still lot. Still in the parking lot. Still, still raining. And Fucknut from inside the bar and his two cohorts come out there and start shit. His two stuntmen buddies. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't see anyway because it's all wet raining. and raining outside. <laughs> and it's dark. And, they're, they're standing and, in the only dark spots. And that FUD light that's on the crane is behind them so you never see their faces. Backlit beautifully. Yeah. And so they approach this guy. And again, he's an army ranger so he knows how to... Kick fend, some ass. Kick some ass. It's just a straight fist fight until asshead that had the only one, only one of the three that had any lines in the bar. Correct. Pulls out a switchblade. Why is it? Why is it always a switchblade? You know the reason why it's so funny about it. You might as well just go click and open it up because yeah, people say it's more cinematic to watch the switchblade come out. Your eyes don't see it come out. So just it's actually more cinematic to watch somebody go. Dude, I'd rather have somebody with a butterfly knife. Exactly. That's Same. cinematic. Dude, streets of fire. But with the way it's lit, it was going to be hard to see. So, boom, boom, boom. Somebody's laying dead. Someone's laying dead. gut bleeding all over the place. Yeah. And the other two dudes run off. Stunt guys run off. And then the bar owner comes out. Oh, what the hell's going on? Because just Girl. As, as they're starting to fight, you know, Trisha runs inside. Ironically, it's funny that her name's Trisha when Trisha Yearwood is, sings the song. So, and then she runs Singing inside and, and comes out with the with the bar guy and kind of sees, like, oh, my God, what happened? Anyway, she didn't get him fast enough because now that dude's dead and the dude's running off. And we cut to Poco's. He's on trial. Boom! He's sitting in list and list somebody said, "You you got to go for a plea bargain." And he goes, we "Get you out in four manslaughter." We get you out in four. You'll do two. Yeah, the you'll get four. You'll do two. The judge takes umbrance to the fact that he is a army ranger. So that makes him a lethal weapon. Correct. Doesn't make him a diehard. Doesn't make him a diehard. <laughs> Sorry. Both, both Christmas movies. This is one of my favorite Christmas movies we're watching. We're talking about right now. So yeah, Christmas he's in, movies. <laughs> so he's in. Uh, so he gets. So he gets sent up the river for what? Eight years? Ten. Ten years. But man. he gets out in eight for being a lethal he's weapon. Paroled because he's been a good guy and he the joint. He literally gets paroled after being in jail twice as long as the max sentence he would have got to begin with Correct. by taking the plea. He should have fought it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to take a plea. I didn't kill anybody. Yeah. 
I so, love how he kind of sounds like Elvis and Forrest Gump wrapped into one person. It's it my was, favorite thing about the movie. Yeah, he re, he totally channels his character from Wild at Heart. Yeah, he's Sailor. It's cool. He's Sailor. God, I want to watch that movie again. Well, someday. No, I don't even, Dude, can you imagine us trying to get through that movie? Do you Come know on. I don't even own that movie? Oh. No, dude. I mean, no, I have a laser disc. I take it back. I have a laser disc. I have a laser disc, too. So, eight years. Gets an opportunity to finally go home and see his wife. And we're getting a montage while yeah, he's in man. jail of him being uh, a good guy. And we're hearing lots of voiceover of, of Daddy, I'm coming to see you. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. You say it's your birthday. It's my birthday, too. Hi, I'm your daughter. You're getting out of jail on July 14th. My birthday is July 14th. I'm going to see you on my birthday, July 14th. What day are they going to see each other? July 14th. Ah, yes. A werewolf. A werewolf. <laughs> on July 14th. Full moon, daddy. His friend Bubba. His name was actually Baby-O. Baby-O, <laughs> baby. Baby-O. So his, his two most famous uh, acting roles for for Michael T. Williamson is Bubba Gump from Forrest Gump. So he plays a Bubba and he plays a Baby-O in Con Air. Oh, but he's a, he's also Sergeant Drucker in Heat. Bruh. So they're they're gonna he's getting parole, but also at the same time, his boy Baby O, his cellmate, is getting transferred to yeah, another man. prison. So he's going along. They're with gonna him. hitch a ride. He's hitching a ride. Here's the thing: he's gonna go on this thing called the Jailbird. The Jailbird. It's a giant C one thirty that's been converted to a, a, a prisoner transport. Yeah. Flying transport. There, I mean, it is more secure. It has more jail cells, compartments, and more security-related locks and, and then, precautions than an actual prison. That plane should be twice the size that it is. Right, every, like the interiors. I when they're running around, I'm like, where in the fuck? You know, because you know how big a C-130 is. I've they're, been, they're big. I've been inside a C-130 right. several times. But I'm just saying, this is like we get. It's like the TARDIS. <laughs> It's much bigger <laughs> on the inside. It's like going, well, you know. Yeah. Well, totally. the, when you sit there and look at it from a production standpoint, you know, you know every single one of those walls. You know, this is giant fuselage. This fuselage has been cut in half and think, allowing walls to be pulled away yeah, so man. they can fit fit proper. Uh, Several, ver- and they probably built fucking 30 of those things. Right. By the way, I want to point out, and well, since we're talking about the plane, this plane, the actual plane that they use in the movie was end up seeing, being sold to a museum at one point, and then it was used in an actual flight that crashed and killed the people on board. Oh yeah, it's it was in the early dots, right? And it's, you know, maybe that plane was jinxed, cursed, kind of like the curse of the little bastard. Little bastard. The James Dean, James Dean's car. Oh right, the one he crashed in. Right. Like you know that story of that, like the curse yeah. of the little bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up, guys. Curse of the little bastard. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it anymore. No more. Prior to boarding the plane, we're introduced to the law enforcement that's not on the plane at right. this point. And we get a little taste of some U.S. Marshal, a little DEA action. They don't like each other, I don't think. No, just like every other movie that's Why ever would been they? made. No law enforcement department uh, agencies Dude, like the other ones. This is my favorite part of the movie is the montage where they're introducing, the, you know, they're rolling up and they're like, and, they and, roll they're, up and they're rolling each guy out. And it's funny. The first two thirds of this movie, I really feel that like John Cusack is his character's only job is to provide expositional dialogue. <laughs> it's so heavy handed, and for somebody that writes, I was like, "Oh, this is too much." So this is, but this is the first taste you get of all of his expositional dialogue is him 
introducing each of the prisoners Correct. on the plane. It's like the beginning of the A-Team TV show. It, no, <laughs> it's, dude, all they, need is a, <laughs> all they need is the drum rolling. Right. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, so U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin is played by John Cusack. And this is, he's the one providing all this expositional dialogue. And he's talking to two DEA agents. Duncan Malloy, played by Cole Meany, who is... Oh, the dick of the movie. He well, is, is he, though? Uh, he is one of the dicks of the movie. I mean, you, you got... Do everybody's you got, dick. This is called his con dick. A, well, in a flying dick. Yeah, in a flying penis. Right. There's a bunch of weird subjects in this movie. There is. But then that goes with a lot of Bruckheimer slash Simpson movies. And even though yeah, totally. even though Don had passed away, there, there's no way he didn't have his fingerprints on this movie because it feels like every other Simpson Bruckheimer movie that came out around that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it, it is. And it's it's and it, and it it is and it's glorious for it. Yes. Uh so also the the, the second DA agent is uh Willie Sims played by Jose Zanega. He's going to be going on board as an undercover agent right as a prisoner. And he wants to wear a gun. He wants to wear a gun. Um and you know Larkin just says fuck you. Dude. He's not taking a gun on my plane, dude. Are you kidding me? They go at it for a little bit because Cole Meany is a is the dick of at least yeah he's he's the, dick, he's the, he's dick. the law enforcement dick. he's the dick of non airplane he's he's the dick of the non jailbird section of the movie I'll go there <laughs> okay, that's and, fair. And what was uh is Zanigi was he in alive yes was he one of the soccer players yes or he's, he's no, in the, he was right okay cool yeah because I, I I kept thinking he looks fucking familiar and then. When you said that, and I'm like, because uh, I, I thought about it while we were watching the movie, and it, yes, it was alive. Yeah. Guess who else is in alive? Vincent Spano. That's right. Who's going to be in Creator? Yes. When we return to 1985. Return to 1985. Uh, back to the future. Dude, I love these kind of sex. I love these kind of things where you meet. You're meeting people from both sides. You're meeting like you know he's introducing. He's giving his like exposition on right. these clowns as they're coming on. But you're meeting like Rachel Ticketin. Who's is, awesome. dude, I love her, man. Rachel's so great in everything, and I wish she would work more. What was the last thing I just saw her in? She, and she's, thank God, and I know it's hard for a woman to... Age gracefully in Hollywood? Yeah. Not be put out the pasture? Yeah. And, and I saw her recently, and she looks like she's supposed to look. She doesn't look like she did a bunch of shit, and... Yes. And I, look, I, I understand how difficult it is. I mean, I don't understand, but I, you know what I mean. I, I can't possibly understand what it's like for a woman to kind of be, uh, and, and somebody in, in front of the camera where her, her, her looks come into play Dude, too. She's in some huge movies like huge. from the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Total Recall was the first thing that I ever saw her Falling in. Falling Down. Yeah. She's Port Apache the Bronx is the first thing I remember in. Oh, see, I haven't seen that probably since one of those late nights I got from to watch HBO after everybody went to bed. She's solid. She's always great. It was, it, dude. I for, I totally forgot she was in it because, like I said, I hadn't seen it in twenty two years. And I when I saw, I was like, yes. And she it was like a bonus. Yeah, she and she is part of the prison security on the jailbird, and she is the only female on the whole team. So guess what, kitties. <laughs> So what is what's the Bruckheimer move here? What's the Simpson Bruckheimer move um, here? Um, put at least one rapist. Let's put on, a serial rapist, a serial rapist on board, and let's call him Johnny Johnny Twenty Three. You know, we meet Johnny. And 23. why is he called Johnny Twenty Three, Freddie? Well, because he's got twenty three tattoos on him of the women he's raped. Roses. He's got twenty three rose tattoos. But Treo's got the line of the movie that says all you need to know about him. He would be Johnny 600 if he knew better. <laughs> it would be Johnny 600. Yeah, totally. I did, and I love Trejo, dude. I've, I love Trejo and everything, and this is no exception. Even playing a 
terrible human being. I still, he's fun. Uh, it, you yeah. know, doing his Danny Trejo thing. This is one of the many moments of the movie, that line anyway. It just doesn't land. I, I, I know they want the audience to laugh at no, it. No, I don't know if anybody laughed ever. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I just, the line is just kind of like. It's a lead balloon. Uh, again, there's lots of moments in the movie where we hit those things. Right. And it. This would be one of those movies you could, it's got some dated as fuck moments in it. Yeah. And there's some, and there's some things that are in it that, that are dated as fuck now, but even when they happened in 96, I'm like, Whoa. yeah, dude. I mean, it was never cool to make rape jokes. I've never understood the rape as a punchline. I've never nope. understood it. I, the, the thing about Trejo is Trejo plays it so well that, you know, you want him to be punched in the face repeatedly. And he is for most of the movie. Yeah. Everything. And everybody, even the other prisoners think he's a piece of shit and they kick his ass yeah. at times. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not like they're glorifying it, but still it's kind of just like, oh, that and that Johnny 600 bullshit didn't really land. No, for me. No, just as we're being introduced to these other prisoners again, playing, uh, Johnny 23 is Trejo. Uh, Nick Chenlin plays Nick Chenlin. Uh, Billy Bedlam. Yep. Who gets his own little cage himself because he's extra special. Oh, yeah. He's a sweetheart. He is. Uh-huh. And uh, Bing Rames. Bing Rames playing Diamond, Diamond Dog. Dog. Uh, Dave Chappelle, dude. I forgot Dave Chappelle was in Dave this movie. Dave Chappelle playing pinball. Pinball. Junkie. Right. Um, I, I think somebody said, and I haven't listened to it, but on the commentary for the Chappelle show, he mentions Con Air and how a lot of his dialogue was improvised. Oh, yeah, you could tell, dude. It's Chappelle being Chappelle. Yeah. To me, it's funny because I had only seen him this point. I feel like Half Baked wasn't out yet, maybe? Or was it out? 95? 96. Half Baked that early? Uh, yeah. I remembered him mostly from The Nutty Professor. He was the stand-up comedian. Yeah. Called Sherman Fat. We finally get to the most recognizable face of all the prisoners. John Malkovich playing Cyrus the Virus Cyrus Grissom. The, dude, and, they, and Cyrus the Virus is one bad motherfucker. He is. And he's also the first one to share his displeasure with Trejo and him being the serial yeah, rapist. Totally. I'm not down with you. And, you know. And you're a piece of shit. What does he say? Your pants come down. You Do you know how to fly, Johnny? 23? Yeah. Something along those <laughs> yeah, lines. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Gives him, he gives him the business. And Basically say, if you touch that woman, I'm tossing you out of the plane. Yeah. Done. Uh, we also get uh, Sally Can't Dance, who... Oh, fuck. Okay, this is... <laughs> Another moment that just doesn't now, and like see, land in anywhere. Crickets. He's, it's, not, it's not funny, and, you know... It wasn't funny then. There, there's there's a moment in the movie, in, later on, where they end up landing, I think it's in Carson City, you know, no, no, when they land, and... Um, it's the, the, it's the isolated airport. The yep. And he finds himself uh, a suitcase full of clothes and he pulls a fucking dress out and puts it on. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, this doesn't work now in 96. Why the fuck, man? I just, I, I hate that kind of shit. Did you, and you know what? This is, and I'll say this, the 1996 audience, I hate to use the word woke, <laughs> most definitely weren't. And I was so blown away at how many people were laughing, how funny that was. And I'm like, this isn't, that's not funny. Yeah. I, mean, <clears throat> I just, I just remember it being like, eh. I mean, I, yeah. I, again, I think I'd already seen things. I, it didn't do anything to me, for me. Cause I you think know, I'd probably already seen right. Priscilla queen of the desert and yeah, is seen it, it done like a, in a tasteful fun, you know, it, way. It, or that, right. And it's, it's still like the Priscilla longest yard is even better when they're all dressed up as cheerleaders during the game. They have a purpose that they're doing it. And it's funny that in longest yard, right? This isn't funny. This is this just is, stupid. This is, it's, it's strictly a sight gag taking a shot. This is some producers fetish. 
again, that's why I say Don Simpson's <laughs> fingerprints are all over this movie, whether he died in pre-production or not, it doesn't matter. It's disgusting. It really is. And it's, I'm not going to harp on it too much more, but it, I'm glad we got it out of the way because once we get to that point in the movie, just there's much Let's more. Let's just consider him dead. There's more. There's <laughs> this more. is our podcast. We don't have to talk about him anymore. He's not even in the rest of the yes. movie, Corey. And, there's, and when that moment happens, there's far more entertaining things going yeah, on there's to all talk kinds about. Of crazy shit but I wanted to address it because it's fucking ridiculous. And it's, it probably is the that and the rape joke are. Two of the worst moments in the Two it, of the things that just are like lead balloons. That's all. Yeah. They, they were lead balloons 24 years ago and they still are. Correct. We also have some really unsavory U.S. Marshals on this plane. Yeah. Like the guy who's the boss, you know, spitting on people and kicking these guys in the ass. So they're setting it up so that, you know, you're kind of rooting for it's It's a weird movie, man, because there's points where you're rooting for all these fucking guys to get free. I think, aren't you? Yeah, no. Yes. I mean, you got Poe and, and Poe is the moral compass of the movie. And he's sitting over there spouting his Forrest Gump. Um, yeah, you know, every, once you can introduce to everybody. They cut back to the montage ends. I should go back to the to law enforcement agents. They, you know, Cole Meany tells his guy, give me your gun. Oh, and he, ca- and he calls up his gun. But as they're checking. I'll his, check his, this one. I'll check this one. Cole puts the smaller, I think it's like a, a 38. Small, a smaller Looks Beretta. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's an automatic. It's a, smaller, it's a small like 25 Beretta. 25 caliber or something. Yeah, it's, it sticks it in his in his sock and his yeah i'm gonna say this it's almost like not really having a gun because it's such a small caliber it probably is like a eight round clip yeah. but on the plane it would have been the only readily available weapon right because we they discussed earlier some more of john cusack's exposition exposition, exposition. underneath the hull of the plane in the belly of the plane is there's a full arsenal a in full case arsenal. there's a war and the plane has to land into And believe it or not, Bur- there Beirut. is a war later. How crazy be, is that? There wouldn't be a war later if you didn't give them all the weapons. That was but correct. whatever. Yeah, man. I get to ahead a, of We're getting ahead There's somebody trying to make a point about about uh, U.S. giving them um, arms it's, to... Yeah, man, it's a very contra-relevant yeah, thing. I want to say. It, yeah, it, I'm going to say it, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't... Uh, it wouldn't shock me if it's that some, was... This movie feels like it was written in 1988. It does. And they just kind of punched it up to fit in the time and as we discussed already a lot of that punch up doesn't work <laughs> um once they get everything uncleared everyone's on the off they go right and they're flying right and they're doing their thing and pinball Chappelle kind of does this he's doing this thing like he's gonna throw up right like a like a cat with a hairball and you should also note too all these prisoners they have shackles on their ankles. The and bad guys wrists. are in cells. Yes, the bad guys are in cells. You know, Grissom, Cyrus. Cyrus is in a cell. Uh, Bedlam's Bedlam, in a cell. Diamond um, Dog. Diamond Dog's in a cell. All the the more recognizable people. All the actors that we couldn't get there to be there full time because we couldn't pay them. <laughs> they're, they're not with the group. And they're not in, in the general pop. Seats. General pop, right? Just it. like the prison. Pinball is... Pinball was sitting there next to a Native Willie American. Nelson. Oh, yeah. What does he call him, though? He, yes, you're right. He calls him Tonto or something. It's just, again, <laughs> more Chappelle sh- riffing. More, yeah, and it, and it doesn't land, but it's... it's. Uh, but it's also so quick because he throws something else right on top of you. I, see, I couldn't even remember exactly what he said. He spits out this thing, and we, we've already found out that he's... He's an arsonist. We that's part of the, the, the discovery that we get when we're introducing everybody. When he's talking and we're looking at his folder, his rap yeah. sheet. Yeah. So this thing he spits out happens to be a little vial, little lighter, plastic vial lighter of lighter fluid. fluid and a match. In a Ziploc bag. Yeah. 
That's something else too. How, where were these guys ever going to go to the bathroom? They weren't. Hold it. Because they talk about how long they're going to be flying for. They're flying cross country. Well, they're making several stops though. I guess. Yeah, well, they're picking more, but they didn't let them. They, when they get to Carson City, don't let them stop yeah, and take right. a piss. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You know, that's so, not important. So uh, Chappelle leans bad. into the inmate sitting next to him. Hey, if you come out of this alive, no hard feelings, right? And he's like, what? And he squirts the contents of this little vial all over the guy, lights the match, and sets <laughs> the dude on fire. And starts yelling. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's, it's just. It's goofy as shit, but it's, it, you know, it, again, the 25, 26-year-old me, 20-whatever. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a good, it was a good gag. And it, the movie, look, here's the thing. The movie was moving along. Now, I'm, it's, it's just goofy. It sets everything in motion because yeah, what man. happens is he creates distraction and a riot starts. But this is, as we discovered early on, that there's some, you know, winking eyes going on more or less that this isn't what he's doing is a plan and he's there's not the a only plan one and in, a plot and he's not the only one in on it. No. As it turns out, Cyrus, Has the set virus, this all up. it's all him. It's all him. You know what's weird? At this point in the movie, Nicolas Cage has been kind of just like quiet Nick Cage. He has his conversations with, with, with Baby O. I'm going to get you that shot, Baby O. Yeah. You got your, you need, Baby O needs his needle. <laughs> we forgot that there's a very important subplot about a needle going yes. on here. And I forgot to mention this myself earlier when we were talking about Baby O. Baby O is a diabetic. And, you know, talking about expositional dialogue, when you hear that, <laughs> You hear that happen? If I don't get my needle. And I don't get my insulin. I'm like, heavy-handed foreshadowing there. Yeah, man. If I don't get my insulin, they broke all the, they broke all, I got a pa, I got a vial, but they broke all the needles, Cameron. Another thing too, I want to point out, during the whole montage and introduction of all the prisoners, what is the, what is the very first thing that John Cusack's Larkin character says when they get to Poe? Oh, he's just, he's a parolee, he's just hitching a ride. He's just hitching a ride. He's a nobody. He's a nobody. He's not a threat. He's a friendly. Turns oh. out he's a threat to the plot of the prisoners of the jailbird. That's correct. He's somebody's problem. <laughs> if, if, I never understood that this Con Air trailer should have been like this, but they didn't count on Cameron Poe. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. They couldn't, it's weird. The name is so weird. It's like, you. it's not a name you can say in a trailer because you can't go, they didn't count on Cameron Poe or they didn't count on Poe. They didn't it, count on Cameron. Oh, fuck it. There was a time. Cyrus the virus. Late 80s, early 90s, where everybody was trying to write a screenplay that sold for millions of dollars because Shane Black and Joe Estrahaz did it several times. Right. Sorry, guys. There's a reason why those guys sell the millions of dollars in scripts because they're better writers than you can be. They know how to write scripts properly for cinema. But one of the things I started reading a lot at that time were scripts for friends and and they were always these names. It's like, what do you what is this bullshit? And Con Air is chock full of those kinds of names where you're like going, Nobody in real life has named this. And Cameron just be- Poe. <laughs> Cameron Poe. William Billy Bedlam Bedford. Trisha Poe. Casey Poe. Swamp Thing. <laughs> Garland Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Johnny 23, man. That's Johnny 23. Say. It's too much, dude. Yeah, dude. You guys sound like you came out of the yard, homie. Anyway, so they, 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 
they end up landing at Carson Airport, and this is after they've already taken over the plane. And because there's some people, some right, some are getting some off. enemies are getting off, and some are getting on. Right, but their intent is to eventually land at a, a an abandoned airstrip. And some of these guys who were getting off accidentally were killed in the crossfire. So now here's the problem: they got to replace. They got to replace these dead guys with and bodies. Three white guys. Three white guys. So guess who can't get off the plane? Baby O can't get off the plane, even though he volunteers. And they're like, wait, 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 you You're can't. Bo- yeah. You can't get off. So they duct tape. By the way, where did the duct tape come from? Doesn't matter. Duct Down tape the hold with all the weapons. <laughs> that they can't get to until they land in, in Carson cargo City. hold. So they realize that actually nobody's getting off. It's, it's all prisoners. It's all, it's all, it's all uh, prison guards end up getting off. Right. They tape them, their mouth shuts, put pillowcases over their heads. Which is, the, and these pillowcases are, they were transfer they're Transfer hoods. cases, yeah. You had them all duct taped up so they can't say anything and they're mumbling and mumbling and all they're doing is just like beating the fuck out of them. But one of the things that happens before that. Poe volunteers to get off the plane. Poe volunteers to get off the plane. He's anxious to get off because he's a parolee. He doesn't need to be involved in this shit. He's, but once his boy. Needs, to, can't get off the plane. Then he's like, I'll plane, go. I'll stay. Well, at first he says he'll go because he thinks he's going to be able to help him. I won't get a help. I'm going to tell him yeah. as soon as I can. I'll tell him everything about the plane. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be shot down out of the sky. Don't worry. <laughs> you won't need that needle, baby Oh, Wait, that's not how it happens, but kind of. Yeah. When they're doing this whole exchange, one of the things they end up... Wait, was that? Hold on. Okay. So this whole showdown happens and, you know, Grissom takes over the plane along with the other inmates. Yep. But at this point, Sims, who's the undercover DEA agent, he's kind of like trying to be chill about it. But Chappelle is ordered by Grissom to go around and start unchaining and unshackling all the prisoners. Right. You're going to move them so around. So when that's happening, you're getting super anxious because he's got an ankle shackle. Right. By the way, that ankle shackle <laughs> was put on when by who? You by. never you never see the DEA agent have the shackles put on. You just see yeah. them. So because somebody would have discovered the fucking gun. Yeah. It wasn't Rachel Ticketon because you've been all over that shit. Yeah. So anyway, doesn't, doesn't matter. So doesn't super matter. anxious moment because you know the gun's there. He knows the gun's there, and as soon as he gets the shackles off, he reaches down, grabs the gun, and tries to take the plane back and grab Chappelle. At this point, nobody's got a gun. Oh wait, doesn't Cyrus the virus have a gun? I don't know how he got a gun. He got a gun from one of them dead guards because they turn it turns into a Mexican standoff because he's they're they're gunned down on each other and he's like. Yeah, you go ahead and yeah, kill that little junkie scumbag. I don't give a fuck. So who had the gun? Was one of the, a, one of the prison it? guards went for it. Because there's already been... The, somebody had guns because there was a shootout. Those guys got wasted. Those poor bastards in their seats that all got shot in the head. Right. So but who... I'm trying Panic. To the big, the big awful, the, the dicky, uh, the, the police... The, 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 the U.S. Marshal dickhead. The, the big heavyset guy who like, I'm the boss in here and I'll believe doing this and fuck you and blah, blah. That guy. That dude. <laughs> Had a gun. Or so there's two. a gun. And there's a Mexican standoff. There's a Mexican standoff. It's Cyrus the virus. And people are dead. And he's got Rachel Ticketon, right? Like he's got her. Yeah. DEA agents got pinball. Right. And nobody and, cares. Right. And he's like, I'll shoot him. He's like, go ahead and waste him. He's a junkie. I don't give a shit about yeah, him. Yeah. And then anyway, DEA agent gets shot and he's dead. Dead. And then Chappelle walks up and says, Do you really mean that shit, Cyrus? And he goes, Give me the gun. Hands him the gun. Damn right, I meant it. Of course, I meant it. He just said something. Ah, that's mean. Yeah. Well, he's Cyrus the virus. Cyrus. He's not a nice guy. Cyrus is. Did they ever say what Cyrus did? Yeah, dude, he did a whole bunch of horrible shit. He's kind of like a Hannibal Lecter. He's a genius who murdered his family. There was a whole. Cusack no, thought, went on a long. I, I thought that was the whole Bedlam thing where no, where, where Bedlam found his wife cheating and he and he went and killed her family. That was another thing, but 
they did this like they did the whole Cyrus the virus. He was involved in some political things, some bombing, a whole bunch uh, of nonsense. Oh, okay. Exposition, exposition, rock me exposition. Because it never comes into play here. It's just nothing. It's just why just they're on the plane. Him, we just need to know that he's a bad guy. I mean, he's John Malkovich. <laughs> I knew he was bad the moment I saw him in the trailer. Oh, well, he's a bad guy. But you know, if he's called Cyrus the virus, isn't that good enough? It's John yeah. Malkovich. He's and you got him in his own little jail cell on the plane. He's it's killed like, more men than cancer, dude. That's right. He's so proud of that. That's his own his tagline. That's his own tagline. His own self-given tagline. I, I'm I've killed more men than cancer. Yeah. Again, more unfunny dialogue. You and pastrami. <laughs> pastrami. Uh, yeah, more unfunny dialogue. I want to say though, this might be the only movie I've really ever enjoyed John Malkovich in. Like fully, like just embraced the Malkovich well, of it all and just fucking dug it. I, you had told me that before, and I didn't get into it because we were just texting, and I knew we'd come up in conversation talking about the movie. And the line of fire for me, also. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he's yeah. good in that. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it's that low-key performance. And to some to some degree, Jennifer 8. I liked it. It's his little cameo in Jennifer 8. I forget about him in Jennifer 8. Is he blind, Jennifer 8? No, Jennifer 8's blind. She's blind. blind. No, he's the, he's the like, if he's like the FBI guy with the cold. And he makes the whole thing. He's about oh, right. He's, yeah. he's like in two yeah. scenes, but he's great. Yeah. He's good in it. Yeah, he's not in it a lot. I mean, I do like him. It's just like, but this for me, like if I, if someone said, hey, man, pick a John Malkovich movie to watch, I'd grab this one probably. Yeah, because this one, he plays it subtly like he does in Line of Fire, but then he goes. Moments of just, He just goes for it. He goes, I'm telling you, that was the, that was the very day where Nick Cage goes, you know, I can do that. I can do that. They'll call it Rage Cage one day. Yeah. Rage in the cage. But let me go ahead and milk the studios for all the worth until then. Until I got to stop making things like City of Angels. Also, in the midst of the inmates plane land, well, taking, a, taking over. Pilot gets shot. Well, pilot gets shot. Who's going to fly what, the plane, Corey? Yeah, well, the pilot's not dead yet. The other, the navigator's dead. The navigator's dead. So, part of the, the other ex- nuttiness going on, too, is that Poe and Grissom tag team together and they stop Johnny 23 from raping, raping uh, Rachel, Rachel Tigger. Yeah. Oh, dude. Sally, Sally's her name. Sally Bishop. Sally Bishop. Deputy Bishop. Guard Bishop. Bishop. Yeah, totally. I like that relationship. It's sweet. It is. Yeah, it's good. Because, you know, it's sweet. He's thinking about, he's just. Hey, man, he just wants to get home to his he's daughter a, he on only July went, 14th. On July 14th. July 14th. A werewolf. What? <laughs> is there a full moon on July 14th? I'd have to check my calendar. I don't know. We The only nighttime scene we see in the whole... No, that's not true. Oh, man. Have you realized this movie starts at night and ends at night? Which one? This movie. Yeah, right. Ooh. Maybe it's night the whole time they're flying. We don't know. They're in a plane. No, Although we do see outside. No, it's always it. It's daytime. Just going to throw it out there. Call me okay. a dick. Yeah, call me a dick. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. I mean, it'll probably come up again, but I'm going to say this. I'm always very confused about the, the, about the geography of this movie. Dude, at one point they fly over Fresno. That's right. where you well, know they're doing this, and they go to Carson City, and they're doing this other thing. Where were they flying from again? They're flying from, and then they end up flying over Las Vegas. That's what I'm saying. You don't even have to be in, in any of those cities you've ever been to before. All you have to know is the geography of some of the bigger casinos in Vegas to know the Hard Rock Hotel that <laughs> is not on the Strip. Nope, it is not. And then when he hits the, My, I, I was gonna wait until we got down the road to that portion because I have got a big problem, dude. Because I want to feel like they're back in the tunnel in downtown LA yeah. where we shot and go. All right, because there's where is that existed right. Las Vegas off yeah. the strip where the fire it, truck chase is happening? Right, it's there now. It wasn't back then. Mm-mm. And re- and again, I'm always gonna bring it up now because there is some 
weird shit with the geography in this movie, and that's one of them. Yeah, I'm never sure where they took off from and why they they keep. They seem like they're flying in a circle. But feel, a, yeah, a yeah they, do the, they do like a fish hook. Like they come back around. Maybe that was part I, of the confusion. I'm okay with it to a certain point. But once they change their plans, because they get rid of they get there's one part where they get rid of the transponder, so the so right. so the the law enforcement can't track them, can't track them, right? But they don't do anything about that until they land the abandoned airport. Well, there's a point we forgot to really sort of talk about was the whole plot of the movie is that there's a why they're putting this DEA agent right. on there is because there's a drug lord's son, yeah, who's being transferred, yes, and Dino. And he has set up the whole, you know, he's the one who's masterminded this whole plan with Malkovich. Right. Cyrus the virus. Right. And Sedino is, we didn't really get into this, but it's played by Jesse Borrega. Right. Well, you probably know him from, he was in an, an, a short part he had in Dexter, but you know him as Jesse from the TV show Fame. <laughs> You're correct. Yeah. That is him. Yeah, when he showed up in the movie theater, we're like going, oh, it's Jesse. Jesse. Which yeah, is funny. Dude. Wasn't he also in a Charles Bronson movie, maybe? Maybe. Maybe Kinjite, the forbidden subject, I want to say. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we don't need to know what that was. Yeah. The forbidden so subject. One of the things that Poe discovers when they're having this riot and, and after Sims is shot and killed he finds that he's wired. Oh, you know what? Because he's taken off, because they're taking off the prisoner uniforms right. to pa- pass them on to the security guys. And that's when he knows is the, the wire in the tape recording. So he stuffs that in the, the jumpsuit of one of the guards that's posing as a prisoner. Right. And that was going to be his way of staying on and still informing law enforcement that something's going, going on. on. Right. Dude, when I saw Jesse Borrego, the first thing I thought of was blood in, blood out. I forgot he was in that too. Cruise. Uh, Cruise. So, so, so it's like we mentioned, Sandino, that Jesse Borrego character, he's one of the three that get on board. Yep. Um, and this will get funny to get MC Ganey. This is when Swamp Thing gets on and Garland Green playing by Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. And he's probably the fourth most recognizable person in the movie. At the time, probably not. But but no, at the time, he kind of was. I mean, he was becoming more, and people were recognizing him from Reservoir Dogs. People were recognizing him because people were discovering him on video in 95. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying maybe he wasn't. He wasn't what he is now. Obviously, he wasn't that recognizable. Fargo's in there too. Yep, he was definitely a face that you went, yes, yes, yes. And ironically, when they first roll him up, he's a serial killer. He's very much a Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter Electra type, yeah, and man. he got him all masked mask up and on. everything. He's on a fucking call it <laughs> <Dolly>. <laughs> truck. <laughs> we gonna dolly him up like a soda machine. Bring him in. And we'll get to that part in the movie, but the 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 one time this movie most feels like a non Bruckheimer movie is that scene with him later on. Oh yeah, it's really fucking. We'll we'll get to it because, but it really uh. is so good. And it to me, it's always a highlight. It always gives me chills when I see it because it's just it's the one thing that worked in '96 and still works now. Yeah, totally. Um, we can, we get Garland Swamp Thing and Sandino on this on this plane, and we find out that oh my gosh, guess what? MC Ganey. Playing Swamp Thing is a pilot. pilot. Yeah, so they don't need that guy up there anymore. That guy anymore. Fuck that guy. You're expendable, friend. Yeah. Get the fuck up. I was only hoping that we would get at least to see one person thrown out of the plane alive. Right. So they load up the three prison guards on as, swap. as prisoners on this bus and off they drive. 
these guys are still taped up so they can't speak and they just keep mumbling. <laughs> and I'm like, part of me's like going, how dumb are you that you don't recognize? You got three dudes moaning and they can't speak. I'm like, what does that tell you? They probably had the chicken. Yeah. Or fish. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Once they discover the tape recorder, the bus stops and Grissom's not ready to take off yet. He kind of like sees what's going on. He's like, what the fuck? And the bus just, the bus starts up and drives off again. So you think, oh, maybe they couldn't figure it out. Maybe they couldn't figure it out. Or so the plane still just takes off and off they go. Now, the plan now is they're going to land in some rural strip that we don't know anything about. Carson City is the only time, is the only scheduled stop on this right. whole thing was to do this three on, three off. Right. So once Swamp Thing gets into the cockpit, um, he's joined by Pinball. And Swamp Thing starts undoing the transponder. And as he's doing, he takes the wires out and he hooks them up to, was that a 24 volt? Yeah, 24 volt battery. And just duct tapes it all up to maintain the power on the transponder, hands it to Pinball and says, go lose this thing. So he goes and runs into a hangar and finds a plane and and a pretty girl. And you know what? He's been in prison for a long time. And what do all cons want to do? The first thing out of prison, more than freedom. He wants some booty. That's correct. So he starts chatting this girl up. Yeah. And he's got he's got the prison guard outfit on, so he looks like an he looks official, but is is the way he's speaking. She's picking up on. She knows he's bullshit. He's not. He, he talks the, like he, a hustler. And then he's still, they're kind of intercutting back and forth with him working his not so. It kind of reminds me. It's a poor man's version of Eddie Murphy trying to pick up girl yes. with torchies the first in, time in, they go in. Yeah, forty eight hours. Forty eight hours. Right. Next thing, you know, the jailbird's getting is taking off, and Pinball's like, "Oh shit." Oh shit. So he goes running to catch the plane and he can't get on the plane. Nope. We just figure he missed the flight. We don't, don't we see him grab the wheel? He tries to grab the wheel and yeah. he just kind of gets like, Off yeah. he goes. And then there you go, pal. Good luck. Pinball. So their plan is to land at Lerner Airport and this is where Sandino, Jesse's character, the younger Sandino, has father's already set up this, this other plane to transfer all the, everybody over and off to go to. But, they're not going as fast as they want to. Swamp Thing tells Cyrus, like, dude, we're not we're not doing, we should be going this fast and we're not going fast enough. He goes, I can't get the landing gear up. It's causing too much drag. So Billy Bedlam. Tells, he tells Ving Rames, Yeah. Go figure it out. Go figure it <laughs> go out. Go check out. What do I know about landing gear? Read a so book. So he gets out there and looks at Poe and goes, hey, Cyrus wants you to go down and check that out. Billy's Billy's already suspect. Right, he doesn't believe because he does, he's not on, because he gets back on the plane he says, oh, I was on cell block C and Billy was in cell block C but we didn't know him. But we don't know, we don't we don't know why he's suspicious until they we both go think, into the hall right. and then Billy tells him why. I don't believe you're full of shit. But they don't do that until they discover Pinball. P- poor Pinball. He's dead. He's he's what's holding the he, he's, he's holding the landing gear stuck and frozen. So he he's like he goes I push him out. So while he's doing that, you know Billy Bellum's over there, kind of like no, sorry, no, it's Ving Rames. Ving Rames, it's Diamond Dog. Yeah, and he's find he's found the guns. Yes, and he's digging through some shit, putting forty five in his pants, and, and Poe is writing with a sharpie or something. <laughs> yeah, you're not seeing. He's trying to write real quick on the chest, and you just see him write the words Larkin at one point. I'm like, oh okay. Oh, is he going to push him out of the plane? <laughs> right, because they're just like, just throw him over there. And, and, and he, uh, so he, a few kicks and, and Chappelle's body goes flying out the right out the And um, we cut to a cute... And the landing gear comes up. And, and, there, and, there's, and we cut to a, a, an old couple, couple 
in a car just talking about how they just got the car washed and, also bird and, a, and a bird shits on the windshield. Oh, every time we just get washed and they're intercutting with, this, with the Chappelle <laughs> dummy flying. <laughs> it hits the car and then every other car in the intersection goes crazy and they all crash into it's, each other. It's like the it's like every all four signals turn green at once and they all crash into each other. Right. I was like, what the fuck was it that? It was weird. It was weird. It was like somebody, yeah, somebody was too much coke. <laughs> too much coke. TMC. Anyway, so Larkin eventually finds out too about this note saying, hey, things aren't what they appear to be up on the jailbird. They aren't. Somebody gets a weird random phone call from the Fresno police. Now, why were they flying anywhere near Fresno? Right. I don't understand the flight pattern again, but we've already covered that. They're on their way to the desert, right? They're on their way to the desert. (laughs) Fresno's the other way. They're in Carson City. Now they're, Carson City's already in the desert, sort of. Yeah. Kind of. Right. So when they, they come from Carson City and they're flying for a short amount of time and then they kick pinball off the plane, in Fresno. He lands in like, man, there's like skyscrapers in this town. Where is this? That's not Fresno. That's not Fresno. <laughs> it's not the Fresno I know and love. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's okay. It's just, it's just, it sounded like a good place to say. <laughs> Deputy John Dickhead up in Fresno. This Agent Larkin. One of the things I found unusual about when they discover pinball in the landing gear, like why didn't Chappelle just lay there? Why did they have that terrible dummy with that anguished look on his face? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Chappelle was already gone. He was he had a gig. Hey. I'm sure there's some behind the scenes shit which would be awesome to know about. Because yeah. apparently Cusack hates this movie and won't talk to anybody about it. You really? won't. You won't answer. You won't talk about it in interviews. So who knows, man? Bedlam's down below in the belly of the plane where we saw Poe and Diamond Dog. And he's earlier. digging and shit. He's digging around. He's going through all these boxes, you know, all those banker folding cardboard boxes. Did you, you get, get when you get out of prison? When you get fired. <laughs> or get out of prison. Or get out of prison. Apparently. Same thing. He discovers Poe's box and he's discovering the bunny. And he discovers the July 14th note. I'm your daughter. I'm going to see you on July 14th. I'm Casey Poe. My birthday is July 14th. (laughs) Werewolf. So so when they get the learner, they landed, right? Almost crash into a giant propane tank. (laughs) They're looking around. They don't see this plane anywhere that that Sandino Jr. promised them. They've been screwed. Send Poe over and says, hey, you know what? (laughs) Sandino can't be trusted. You know what his fucking family's done? He killed two of his cousins. No sake for their life. So why do you think he's going to care about yours? Dude, I love how Cameron Poe is totally playing both sides against the middle. Yeah. It's kind of like Red Nails or he's Last Man Standing. Or yeah, Jimbo. Yeah. I never really realized that until just now. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is. He's winding them up, pitting them against each other. So Grissom orders them. Listen, we need to fuel this fucking thing up. Looks like we don't have much of a choice now. We're going to, we got screwed over. This is our only means of. They're stuck in the sand. Yeah. So all the guys get out to start throwing ropes around everything to pull it out of this embankment. Hey, you get a tractor. Hey, you get some rope. We're going to get this thing out of here. Everybody take your shirts off. While this is all happening. Um, John Cusack is. He's stealing Colmini's car. His Corvette. This is ass kicker on the license plate. Yeah, because he's a fucking idiot. He's an ass kicker. He's an ass kicker. Well, this is all happening. Poe decides, you know what? I need to find my boy a syringe. Cause I got to do it. Because all, all the syringes are broken. Yeah, but he's got a vial, but they crushed all the syringes. Yeah, the plastic syringes. The plastic syringes all been crushed. But right. he's got a glass vial. Survived somehow. <laughs> somehow. Okay. 
Whatever. And somehow I just happened to roll up underneath a truck with an old timer. Hey, old timer. In, in the midst of a, all that. You got a hot derbergerman needle somewhere. And Larkin got there long before they landed. Yeah. He's poking and around. He's finding shit. So Poe is looking for a first aid kit or something to find a syringe that he can Correct. use for the insulin for baby O. And he discovers. It's like a little mini Learjet. Little Learjet just chilling. He has to throw down with a couple Some of Latin American boys. There to go. And, you know, we already know that he knows how to fight. We saw him earlier. Badass. Yeah, he's a... He's he, dispatched Billy Bedlam at this point when he said, put the bunny back in the box, motherfucker. Yep. He, uh, we saw him, you know, that's how he got into this mess. And now he's got to fight these guys. Terrible. But who are these guys? Who are these guys? My guess is there's a double cross. <laughs> hey, turns out Poe was right. Poe was right. Poe knew. So he ends up getting a gun off of these guys and eventually Larkin and him have a run into each other. Dude, they're yeah. in Mexican standoff. They're in their own Another mis- one. Another one. This time, this doesn't involve any kind of Dude, there's like seven Mexican standoffs in this movie. Yeah. Four of them on the plane, and oh, good God. Yeah. There's And, and there's some we don't even see. And Cusack's shaking, like, this is the first time Larkin's ever pointed a gun at anybody. That it wasn't a paper target. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's ridiculous. I, <laughs> He's like, hey, it's okay if I I'm only trust it. two people in the whole world, and I'm one of them. Me. And, and you ain't the and other. you ain't the other. <laughs> we. You know, Cage went to Alabama to study that accent. No, he didn't. Who's to say? He spends a lot of time in the South now making movies. <laughs> South America. Maybe. <laughs> South Croatia. Uh, so they got the guns. They're drawn on each other. They've dispatched all of the, uh, the the Latin American henchmen, the planes there. And he says, I don't trust you, and I got things to do. And he disappears. And with Sandino, man, Sandino makes a run for it. Do run, he, like while everybody's... Digging the plane out, that little sneaky yeah. bastard. He's making a run for it. And he's like, oh, fuck this. Larkin sees that this the, the Learjet's plane trying to take off. And Well, we what we don't know is he gets there first, right? And we think, well, fuck, dude. The, the, but the pilot was hiding in the Learjet, right? So Sedino gets in. They're like, go, we have to get out of here now. And they're like going to fly. But Agent Larkin to the rescue. Brings down this crane. Knocks off the tail of the plane and it kind of just crashes. fish tails and whoosh, takes out. Cedino Junior jumps out. Well, it takes out the takes out part of the uh, this the gas station area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another giant explosion. Right. Somehow the plane doesn't burst into plane flames. Yeah. Nick Cage ends up underneath with an old man under a truck. The plane crashes but doesn't blow up. It blows up when Grissom the, yeah he shoots the gun. Just Sayonara, motherfucker. Yeah. It's just terrible. Yeah, man. It's like throwing rocks into water. Everybody related to the double cross is dead. Those guys are all dead. They're all dead. They already he had already planned like, you know, the C one thirty, the jailbirds are only way to freedom. Yeah, man. So we gotta get the thing out of the dirt. Yeah, and there's some other cracks too they were they're making about the Lear Jet. I mean, I wasn't gonna fit all this on there. You know, they were, we weren't all gonna fit on that plane. Well, they weren't all gonna go. It was only because they were it was just it was supposed to be Cyrus. Cyrus had enlisted uh, Bedlam and Diamond Dog. But remember, Nick Cage said, hey, man, why are you trusting that guy? Da, da, da. Cyrus well, was going to fuck was, all those pinball, guys over. But Pinball would have gone, too, because no, Pinball... They he was going to take it. He was going to kill him, man. They, none of those guys. You don't the know that. The only person that was going to go on that plane that. was Cyrus. You don't know that. I do know that, because I know Cyrus. <laughs> Just saying. Just from his actions. He was going to fuck all those guys over, man. They were going to shoot him. Maybe He was going to even fuck over his buddy Swamp Thing. Cyrus is only out for himself, man. Don't, and it, during this moment, during all this craziness, fucking crazy-ass Steve Buscemi wanders away. Yeah, he just walks off. Like, where is he, he going? He just disappears. <laughs> and also in the chaos, Johnny 23 is up in the tower. Yeah, he's become Johnny 24. No, he's not. He's he, looking to. No, he's just looking. He's just being a sentry. But at some point. And that's when he sees the, the National Guard coming. Right. 
So he's setting up, oh, yeah, it's the National Guard. Just, yeah. Yeah, somebody, some soldiers and Jeeps and shit. That's when he get into the bed of the plane. Get them weapons. And pull it out there. Bazookas and shit. Their arsenal. Yeah. Why are there fucking RPGs in the fucking prison plane, dude? I don't know. Because, you know, it's Cyrus the Virus, man. He deserves an RPG at his ass. <laughs> I'm guessing, like, you know, you might have to come in hot. <laughs> you want some of those prison guards armed, like, you know, with the... It's like... The <laughs> yeah, this plane this thing gets real goofy right now. Cyrus is preparing for a major ambush on these guys when they show up. So they start... Right. This is a great product placement shot where oh, he's yeah. got all the Coke cans on the ground. <laughs> so they're, That's a rock. And then and I, I think they're making, taking a shot at the movie. Yes. Yeah. The that, rock. That's just a rock. And then they're going to ambush the National Guard. And they do, man. The National Guard comes rolling in and they just fucking spray them. Yeah, man. It turns it's, into- it's all carnage, man. I mean, some, some of the inmates end up dead. You know, guys that you don't recognize. Bunch of stuntmen <laughs> get killed. Uh, faceless uh, law enforcement. You know, and I got to say that again, man. For the most part, usually you get the faceless law enforcement, especially when they're getting killed. And you get that a lot in those 90s movies where they're just oh, kind of yeah. like, you don't see them long enough to care. Terminator so they, 2. The, right. It's one of the many reasons why these kinds of movies were criticized for the violence. It wasn't just for the violence. It was how they treated life in general. Like some faceless person. Boom. Gone. Well, Boom, and also gone. the way that people look, you know, it's how they showed, you know, police. and Deservedly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't. <laughs> During the firefight, right? So, like, all this hell's breaking. These people are yeah, getting yeah. shot up. And Cage is, you know, searching for a fire engine <laughs> with a needle in it. Yeah. It just happens to be in a <laughs> lockbox with a rusty handle. All the chaos is going down with the, with the National Guard. National Guard's dead. Uh, inmates are dead. And somehow they're able to, the rest, get back on the jailbird and they're able to take flight. This is the point. They find Billy Bedlam's body. Yep. And... What's on Billy Bellin's body? Yeah. Casey Poe's known to her father. Right. About the special day of July 14th. Dude, and when Malkovich, <laughs> when Malkovich starts to read the letter, it yeah. fucking just made me, I still make me giggle like a it's, little bitch. It's pretty funny. It is good because nobody reads children's letters like John Malkovich. You should have a TV show. Really? I do. I think he should. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, as he's reading the letter, He's just kind of being all super cocky about it. And he's about to execute both Michael T. and, and, uh, and Cage. Well, and, well and, no. and Sally Bishop. Well, well, more about taking care of those two because they've been. Well, first, what's his name? Cops to like, no, it's me. I said it. Baby O. Baby Cops to it. And he's like, oh, really? It's you? Come on. You've been on near the, death. Near death the entire way here. And that was you. You. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why he's ready to execute him. And as he's about to, for some dumb reason, the rear of the C-130 is open for some fucking reason. Why is it still open? They're, they're in the air. It should not be open. Malfunction from the first crash. But they don't talk about yeah, it. I know. So what happens with all that? All of a sudden, here comes uh, Malloy and all his, his helicopters to the rescue. <laughs> here they come. Yeah. Turns into just, firebirds. And they just start spraying the back of the plane. Just start spraying it. And then they damage the, the fuel tank of the jailbird. Yep. We get that old trope. <laughs> fuel coming out. Yeah. The- because this We're movie. We're not going to make it. This movie didn't already have two other fuel tropes in it. Yeah, no. You've got to throw them all in there. It's a little bit much. They had, they had good, good things come in threes? I don't know. I don't know. Isn't that a rule of writing? The rule of threes? The rule of threes don't apply to. <laughs> fuel tropes? Yeah. 
I wouldn't. You think. might as well have showed me and should put a handgun in somebody else's ankle sock too. It's like who cares? <laughs> hey, everybody's got an ankle sock <laughs> gun. So during all this nonsense, some somewhere. So that so but but they get to the point where they they are trying to guide them to McCarran. Because yes. now they're now they're near Vegas. Yeah, and they're but they're going down. They're good. They're yeah, not they, gonna make because it to they don't McCarran. have any fuel. Like he's, so, he's trying to. I'm gonna land on get, the strip, and, get, and Swamp Thing doesn't have a choice. Honestly, he just he doesn't have any more fuel. Nope. And this is where we start getting the weird geography. Whoa, well, hello. Just so you know, the Hard Rock Hotel at the time wasn't a Hard Rock Hotel. It was just a Hard Rock Casino. Yep. I mean, sorry, it was cafe. just a Hard Rock Cafe. Yep. There was no casino. The hotel, hotel at the hadn't time. been built. Yeah, nope. no, that came like yeah. a few years later. But that giant Stratocaster neon sign exists today as it did back then. Yeah. Well, that um, was definitely, they just built it where they wanted well, it. And it's funny, the direction that they're flying from is flying. They, they would have just flown over UNLV. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the Hard Rock is about a quarter of a mile from the strip. Yeah. It's about that by four or five blocks. I'm trying to remember because what they end up slamming into is they was hit the it, sands. And, then, and then Circus Circus is like right next to it, which is not only on the strip but way at the other yeah. end of the strip. And then they show Fremont Street, right, which is <laughs> the old other, Ve- which is Old Strip, which is Old Vegas. Yeah, it's and yeah, it's. I don't know, man. It doesn't the geography matter. Of the, there's the lots geography of neon of the movie. and blinky lights. You don't and, even, All you have to be there. All you have to have done is been to Vegas once and know it doesn't feel right. Right. But uh, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're gonna crash on and the it strip. Wasn't, and it wasn't about the way they cut it either, because when nope. they, when when the when they hit the Hard Rock guitar sign, Circus Circus is right behind him. Like, well, you sh- that's how you guys set up the miniatures. It doesn't look right anyway. No, it doesn't geography wise. It's not. That's not about editing. That's you have no the, idea. The, the guys who built the miniatures had never been to Vegas. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> they're all eighteen year olds <laughs> or eighty years old. Oh. Well, yeah, because they wouldn't know. But there was no Vegas when they were kids. Right. <laughs> Some weird geography to get them to crash into the sands, which was about to be demolished. Yes, and in real life, the the sands, in, not in the movie, but in the in real life, too, it was going to be knocked down for eventually the Bellagio, right? Yeah, I think so. Bellagio. Where, so when you see this movie and you see the <laughs> so, sands, that's where the Bellagio now stands. And it's nowhere near any of this geography. Right. It really doesn't matter. So the plane is going down. It goes. There's a there's a funny joke. Can the man in the white Cadillac please move yeah. your car or it'll be towed? Because guess what's going to happen to that thing in about three minutes? Uh, the C-130 might be crashing. Yeah, maybe. It. The jailbird it might pushes. crush it. So after the jailbird causes mass destruction all along the strip and other places off the strip. <laughs> and, and Yeah, it just fucking kind of destroys Las Vegas. What, what, the thing is so funny is like he's like... You, they want you to think he's forced to land there. I want to point out the Hard Rock Hotel literally is. You could see McCarran from the Hard Rock. Yeah. So the turn that they make. They could have landed it. They uh, could have landed at McCarran. McCarran. Yeah, easily. In 96 when they shot this and when the movie's supposed to take place, there was a far less population in that area anyway. Yeah. Because now around Hard Rock, there's a lot more stuff built around it. It's kind of like us totally glossing over the whole weird scene with Bashemi and the little girl at the pool. No, we're coming back to that. <laughs> good, because it's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, we're coming back to that. Yeah. has got all the good lines in this movie, dude. He does. When he looks over at Cage and, and Baby O and says, you know, the what's the definition of irony? A bunch of guys singing a song by a band that went down in a plane crash. It is the best line in the movie. It is. Because it's funny in 96 and it's funny now. It's even funnier now. Yeah. Plane eventually stops. <laughs> Slides. Hits the and, white and, Cadillac. And crash lands. I mean, finally ceases to move. Uh, right at the valet area and drop off of the of 
the Sands, which is now the Bellagio. The Bellagio. It, it, there's mayhem. Some people are dead. They find uh, Johnny 23's body with his arm in a handcuff. They pick up the body and move, and the arm stays in the handcuff. Oh, he lost his limb. Oh, That's a shame. Bummer. Yeah. But, you know, you really want to, you wanted something worse to happen to the rapist. You wanted yeah, to, dude, like. Totally. Then a fire truck shows up because of all this shit. Oh, dude, there's emergency vehicles there with cop cars and ambulances and a giant fire yeah. truck and a pretty ladder. And Cyrus, Diamond Dog, and Swamp Thing all jump in the... Yeah, man. They all jump into the fire truck. Not only can Swamp Thing fly the C-130, he fucking can drive a fire. He can drive anything, man. He can... Not only do they steal fire truck, they steal a laddered fire truck. Yeah, totally. Like so an old school the one. real long the little rascals. Yep. <laughs> rascals. <laughs> but not so big that it has its own... Um, yeah, it doesn't have oh, its, its own operator. Like, it doesn't have a second acid. driver yeah, in the no. back. Not, not that, that big. But then Poe and Larkin steal motorcycles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, there's when, nothing better. When they go to get on the motorcycle and they have the most, I'm going to use the word bromanced moment. Oh, I thought they were going to make out. Where they both look at each other with this confidence, like, I got you. Yeah. I was waiting for Aerosmith to come play <laughs> over like the soundtrack. Don't want to close oh, my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was coming. Or that, it was a Trisha Yearwood. That was a moment for that. Oh, it How was. Shut up, Trisha. Pick on Trisha. Get on your motorcycle, boys. <laughs> and it, but they start the motorcycle, which still haven't the, the dumb cops left their keys sitting. I don't understand that. I don't either, man. But hey, look, it's a cinematic move. It is for all law enforcement to leave their keys in their car and their keys in the ignition. Leave on their, their motorcycles running. Yeah. Now off they go and chase off the so chase a, after the yeah the fire truck down the strip of L.A. <laughs> and shit's go. I mean, they're crashing into everything. He it, basically what's happening right now is the swamp thing is trying to to Dude. he sees what's going on. He sees they're being chased. There is a moment I don't know. where Poe gets on the fire truck, and he and Cyrus are just throwing blows. The last thing she's gonna smell is my breath. My. Stinking breath or yeah, something like that. Dude, like, Just, what? Wait, did you go all Garland on us? Yeah, man. So what where are you? More from Garland soon. Yeah. More from the Garland. So in the extras. They're going, they're fighting, they're having their big fist fight, and I don't know where they came from, but there's handcuffs. Yeah, I'm not sure where those handcuffs came from either. Like, uh, I mean, did he pull them off the maybe pull them off the cop bike? Yeah, but you're not you don't, you don't have them on the cop bike. It's always on their belts. I'm Bullshit. Just, just, anyway, I, I know. he's got he's got handcuffs and he cuffs Grissom to the top of the ladder, which has now been fully extended. Yeah, it's now sticking up like twenty and, feet in the air. Yeah. So Cyrus is like handcuffed to this this ladder as the fire truck goes under the bridge, and he doesn't hit the thing. Nope. The ladder hits the bridge. He goes flying through the glass. Come and this on. is some this is a moment where you know, quite honestly, what does Cyrus really do in this movie to deserve the punishment he gets? No, it's all about he's, what he... He's being executed and all these things are... Bad things are happening to him based on one thing and what he did to get himself in prison to begin with. Right. Because really, what did he do? He's just a bad guy. He stopped, he stopped the rapist from raping somebody. Yep. Right? I mean, right. He, I don't want to say he did good. He stopped the drug lord's son from skipping off and heading back to Central America. Giving him his just due. Giving him his just due. Yep. But what so did, what did he do? He... 
he who did he, he he killed somebody. Well, he, he killed, killed a jackass DEA agent who brought a gun on a uh, you know prison flight. Well, because he threatened him with a gun. Yeah, totally. Well, that guy deserved it anyway. Dickhead DEA. They're all Self coked up. Defense. Cole Meany and that DEA agent sent whatever. They were so high, dude. It, they yeah, they were. They, they were, were getting. They were hot. dirty. They were they in were on the hot. whole. I think they were right. in on the guy. The whole Central American thing. They were. That's how at, they knew. They were mad at Sandino for. Well, for cutting them out of some correct. deal. Yeah, there, there's some dirty shit going on there. It's not, it would make it would have made this a better movie. Extended cut. <laughs> it would have made it. We could talk about it for another hour if that was the case. Cyrus goes flying through the air and he has all this bad shit happening. And he to doesn't him. lose his arm somehow as he's handcuffed yeah. to a ladder. Yeah, the ladder breaks. Perhaps? I think so. Or I don't the cuff spray. I don't know, man. He does this thing. Land. All this shit's happening to him. He lands on a conveyor belt at a construction site. <laughs> somehow. And then conveyor belt drops into this pulverizing uh, concrete crusher, pile, like pile driver. Yeah. And then it just smushes his head. Crushed. Good and he's night. dead. I'm like, well. Into Cyrus the virus. Oh, no sequel for you, Cyrus. They all kind of get horrible. Like, does it, cause, uh, cause right before that. Well, yeah. Well, when the thing, when the fire truck crashes. Diamond you know, dog gets fucked up. Diamond dog and swamp thing die. Correct. But not like Cyrus. But not Larkin. Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. No, 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 no. Larkin doesn't. Because Larkin's on top of the roof, right? Striking with an axe, fucking chopping through this. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever. He escapes. Whatever. He's fucking John Cusack. He wasn't going to die. Never knew he wasn't. Was never worried about Cusack dying. They made their way back to the sands. There's fucking water rushing everywhere. People are fucked up. And then you look Look at the gutter. And you see. Oh, by the way, we never mentioned her early in the movie. But there's a very cute short hair actress. DEA agent. No. No, she, she's a she marshal. Turns, she's a marshal. Yeah. I always forget her name, but you know her as the woman that broke up Ross and Rachel on Friends. I know. I'm going to say I've never seen Friends. You, she's, I know, but I'm telling the world. I know. She's a, she's like, she is that the girl? I think I know the storyline. Is that the girl he had sex with? Yes. Like she when worked at a coffee shop? No. no they, he, meet, he meets her dancing there at a bar. Oh, yeah, and they just have just, sex, casual yeah, sex. Yeah, because they're on a break. Right, they're on a friend break, which whatever. And also, you, you want to know what else she's in? You know what else she's in? She's also Adam Sandler's fiance and wedding singer. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, see right. That is. Yeah. And I never remember her name. No. Speaking I, of poor timelines, wedding singer, they have that Walt, the Van Halen joke. Yeah. Take off Van Halen shirt. You're going to jinx the band. They're going to break up. They already broke up. Sorry, they point. already had Sammy yeah. Hagar in the band at that point. I know. Just want to point that out. It was just funny don't, for him to don't say. Don't play with timelines that I'm all too familiar with, and you should know better. Yeah. Kids. Yeah, totally. So Poe and Larkin make their way back to... The Sands. The Sands. And they roll up, and I said, short-haired girl's there. Short-haired, short-haired Marshall's cute girl there. From and she's standing where with Trisha and Casey Poe. Now, we never really say Casey's name very much, but that is Poe's daughter. Well, it was in the letter. I'm I Casey Poe. But I don't think we said it. Well, we, there were, there were, we never we said didn't it. Say it. Right. Oh, I think I, I said it once when I said, when I was when we were making fun of all the names earlier. I think we did say it. <laughs> Casey Poe, Trisha Poe. This is the first time that Cameron Poe is meeting his daughter. And this is, you yeah, know. Yeah, as they've dr- they drug that thing. I've never met my daughter. I've yeah. never seen my daughter. But watching her be apprehensive. Yeah. It's a good moment. It really is. I mean, it's. Because her mom told her that her dad used to beat her. Wow. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know, because uh, Monica Potter was still portraying that terrifying thing. Because there was also a scene that we didn't talk about where Monica Potter and Casey Poe and Trisha Poe 
they were called into the um, U.S. Marshals facility and they had a weird meeting with Cusack where yeah. he might have put it in her head that like maybe he doesn't want to come home prisoners get that yeah. he might want why would he stay on that plane anyway we've that yeah. ship's left and they finally have their <clears throat> moment and he hands her the rabbit and well we first, they saved going down the sewer and oh, it's yeah, yeah. covered in saw, urine yeah. I, and, we completely missed that and part barf he, and everything else in the he, Vegas strip he hands her the toy rabbit that's been like soiled by sewer you know curb water and it's got the stench of Malkovich on it the stench of <laughs> A prisoner, Billy you know, Bedlam, Schmang. doing whatever he was doing with it. <laughs> Billy was providing Bedlam to the toy rabbit. Yeah, and then Malkovich had it, put the bunny back in the box. So he hands her this disheveled, <laughs> uh, stuffed animal, and she accepts that as like, oh, that's the bridge between me recognizing that you're my father and I'm okay now. I don't know, whatever. Happens. It's kind of a cute moment. It's I mean, it's a sweet moment, and usually those kind of moments don't work, especially in movies like this. Nope. But the little girl played did a good job. You gotta expect that the apprehensiveness too, and and I think a little bit too. The you know Trisha was having that same. You know she hasn't seen her husband in eight years because he he and she probably Cameron, hadn't seen him in four years before that. Because he was in the Marines. Because Cameron wouldn't. So let, she's like a fucking stranger. <laughs> they, yeah, they don't even know each other, dude. It is weird. There's a twelve year stretch of time <laughs> that they just don't know they each other. They just fucked and had a kid. <laughs> she got knocked up. He went to the Marines. He came back. <laughs> He killed somebody and went to prison. She was born and like now there's a crazy prison flight. What a fucked up storyline. What a fucked up timeline for this family. Yeah. You think they anyway, went to counseling? They have their happily ever after. Well, they had to have. Or do they? You know, have a happily they ever do. after? They do. We didn't get well, a sequel. Well, no, we, I mean, we, we, we assume that's what happens. Correct. And before we get to our last, you know, our prologue for the movie, we have to roll back before they leave the abandoned airstrip where we saw Garland Green, Steve Buscemi, go walking off. Into the desert. Into uh, a small little town area that obviously the people used to run this thing. So it's it's like a little trailer park kind of thing. And he finds a little girl. Having a tea party. Having a tea party in an empty in-ground pool. And he sits down with her, and they're having a conversation. And she's not afraid of him at not all. Not afraid, because she's completely, she's a child. Yeah, man. She's very nice. Probably the same age as, as Casey, Casey Poe. Poe. We only thing that we know about Garland Green is the way he's been set up to be a Hannibal Lecter. Serial, serial killer, Hannibal Lecter type. But it's easily the best moment that just, it doesn't even fit in the movie. Nope. And it's so, un, I was uneasy in 96. I was uneasy watching it, even though, and as I see him, when he starts walking off, I'm like, oh God, this is that thing. Dude, when they start singing, yep. you know the song? Yeah. They start singing and it's getting real and, creepy and they're holding hands and, and shit. And I'm like, oh fuck. She, yeah. And she asks him, are you sick? Why do you ask me that? You look sick. Why don't you take medicine? Some people think I am. Do you and take gets, medicine? They don't make medicine for right? what I have. And then and then it cuts away. And then that's the last time you see him. The little girl. Yeah. <laughs> the next time you see him, he's walking back to the plane with a doll. Yeah. He's back on the plane. But we don't see the little girl again until like later. Do you there's see like the a, little do you see the little Oh you do. Yeah, there's like a cutaway shot or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Be, right. When the plane's flying away. Oh yeah, yeah. You see yeah. her like in the pool, like right. Like waving. I think that was a test audience go, what the fuck happened to the little girl? <laughs> exactly. They're like, did we get a shot of that? You know what? Look, can we get that girl back? The little girl back? I truly think they left. They probably I think shot it, was, it both ways. I think they have been No, I think it's ambiguous. And the test audience goes, what the fuck? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You just it, killed that little girl. Yep. No, we didn't. Uh, we don't know that because you didn't show us that he, she was alive. 
So soon after we see the Poes walk off to the rest of their life of bliss of being back together again until Cameron beats somebody up and murders somebody and has to go back to jail again. Right? Until he, but this time it'll be forever because he's already convicted murder. Right. Well, sorry, manslaughter. Manslaughterer. Slaughterer. Well, he only killed one person. So there, there's the big moment. They're happy. Trisha Yearwood swells up over the end credits. Yeah. They're like hugging. And then Cusack and Cage kind of look at each other. And then we go to credits. No. There's some kind of weird little... Uh, yeah, oh, a, yes. Yes. They cut to inside the casino. And what the hell's going on? And we on got there? a new shooter. New shooter. Pan on the, the craps table and they pull up and it's Garland Green. All cleaned you feel, up. You feeling lucky? Yeah, I'm feeling lucky. I'm feeling real lucky. Sweet Home Alabama kicks in. And then we go to credits. And in the synopsis, the only criminal unaccounted for is Green, who is now apparently reformed and living the high life as a Las Vegas gambler. That's what I Whoever wrote that totally missed. It's the total. It's just like Hannibal Lecter saying, I'm having an old friend for dinner I'm having an old friend at the end dinner. of Silence of the Lambs. That's what it is. It's that moment, but it's played It's played for laughs. Right. And it's actually a good ending. It's funny. It is funny. It, we, it, it worked I laughed then. In the, I laughed in the theater. And I laugh now. I think again, I every time it. that I've seen the movie since 96, I am always I always forget about that moment. Because the whole time you're... Your cinematic vocabulary is just waiting for you, the pose to get reunited. And you're not, that's the, that's the main crux of whether you're conscious of it or not. That's what you're waiting for. Once it happens, you're kind of like, ah, cool. The prologue, as I call it, is that last little, it's the capper to the whole thing. It's the cherry on top. This is funny. There was a stretch of time that Nick Cage had a lot of Las Vegas centric movies. Leaving Las Vegas? Leaving Honeymoon Las Vegas, in Vegas? Honeymoon in Vegas, this. Maybe he lived in Vegas. I don't know. Or wanted to, or but, spent but, a lot of his money. But there. look at those three movies that we're talking about Con Air. Leaving Las Vegas and Honeymoon in Vegas. How different are all three of those movies? Yeah, yeah, right. Drastically different. I want to say I like all of them, except for I don't. I, dude, Leaving Las Vegas is a movie that's hard. I, I can't. I can't watch it. I can't. But I do watch some Honeymoon in Vegas. I love Honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> Here's one of the things that I always hated about Con Air was the poster because the tagline is fucking terrible. What is? Remind me of the tagline. They is. were deadly on the ground. Now they have wings. Oh, but God. the poster. So the poster, it's it's Malkovich, Cage, and Cusack, right? Over the plane, it's all in flames. But the names, like Nicolas Cage's name is over is over uh, Malkovich's face. John Cusack's name is over Nick Cage's face. And Malkovich's face is over Cusack's face. I think one of the reasons why this his character, Poe, in this was, wow, it was still, it's still kind of weird for me to kind of get used to. What I really liked about his character in The Rock was, look, he's just a he's just a lab dude, an analyst. Yeah, he, I'm not this. He's the he's the apprehensive hero in a lot of ways. It's kind of it's kind of like John McClane, the original Die Hard. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. He has training, but he's not built for what he's about to deal with. That's what always makes those kinds of characters more intriguing for an audience to follow and root for. But this is just Cameron Poe is the least interesting character in the movie. I was just going to say, like, it's funny because this is like Nicolas Cage, front center, put the bunny back. Like, he's got the trailer moments, but <laughs> he really, on the plane, he, his actions are very defined. He has, his moments, his big moments, and then he sits in the seat, he sits in the chair, shackled or not shackled, next to uh, Michael T. Williams for long stretches of this movie. I mean, at least how I saw it. <laughs> Which is why this movie is complete opposite of that, where everybody that's in this movie practically has a has a good chunk of dialogue except for sally right which is oh 
God. So here I'm gonna. Give By the you- way, let, let me let me let me point this out real quick. Mm-hmm. We we mentioned early on, you know, Sally don't dance or can't dance or can dance. Whatever. Sally can't dance. Oh, it's just fucking. That's the worst. Take that character out of the movie. Is it better for it? Dude, he doesn't even need to be in the movie. He doesn't. Doesn't. It's a constant mocking of a lifestyle, and it's an elevated Hollywood version of a lifestyle. And it's like I'm like, wait, just this whole different types of of people being all rolled up into like this gay guy, right? And it's 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 so oh gosh. I mean, I'm obviously much more seasoned and I have a better understanding of that community and and all the differences. And in I'm educated constantly about it just from doing a lot of reading. And you know what? Again, it comes with the age. <laughs> a little, and believe it or not, even based on our conversations, I am somewhat mature. <laughs> But and I'm not and I'm not a PC dude. I'm really not. But there's right and there's wrong. And this and this movie came out in '96. It was fucking wrong then. And it's fucking wrong now. For me, I guess I would say '96. I didn't care about wrong or right. And I still don't really care if it's wrong. Do whatever you want. But look, this shit ain't funny. It's not. No, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. It's played for laughs, but and it's, it's not, not funny. fucking funny. Right. That's what I mean. It's wrong. And it, there was no wrong po- being like you, you Did, missed why, it. Why'd you put this you in here? You guys are clueless. Is what it to me? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Missed, I, fellas. But you know what? That what that was. That was Simpson and Bruckheimer trying to reach middle America. Yeah, it, you, it didn't offend you, me. It just wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. But but that's it offended me because it offended me. Because it wasn't funny and you wanted me to laugh at them. Like, fuck you. Who do you think I am? Right. Like, I'm not a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> like, I don't think that shit's funny. Right. Test that in Chatsworth. Test that in Des Moines. You tell me you have totally different reactions to it. Okay. Before we get off this, oh, we no. end this. Yeah. Better remembered? Remember it better. How do you feel about this movie 22 years later? 23. It's 97, I think. Yeah, but whatever. 96. 97. According to this. Oh, According to the Oracle. Off. I don't know. When did Face Off come out? Mm, Face Off came out after this. 98. Yep. So ignore our, our ears earlier. Yeah, it's okay. You got IMDb. <laughs> figure it out. Come on. It's not the first time, too. We've done more than one movie that says it came out in 85 and then it really came out in 86. It's yeah, very it's confusing. Like, man, totally. And, you know, these days, movies end up sitting ahead in a festival right. the year before before they actually get right. released. Release, this so. could have come out in Bulgaria in 1995. We you, don't know. Right. Do I find it better remembered or remembered better? I think the more mature version of me has more issues, has more bullet pointed issues, but more revolve around me and what's acceptable now. And this kind of, we've talked about this in other movies that we've covered where would they gotten away with a lot of this stuff now? No, they wouldn't have. And, but this is the first time I think that it kind of affected my overall in, take on the movie take on the movie and i can't because those things that wouldn't fly now are kind of heavy they're kind of substantial and and i don't yeah i don't know i i would i'm actually kind of happy because i'd be embarrassed to say if it if i felt exactly the same as i did when i saw it in 96 i mean i would be embarrassed by that because there's too much that's different about i've changed too much to like man I, I have not changed in 23 years, 22 years. Yeah, I mean, for I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like to me, like it's it's still fun to watch, but it's fun for different reasons. But, uh, but like now I find yeah. I'm, I find myself making fun of it more than right. anything else. I find there's far more cringe, those cringy They're moments. They're cringy, and, for and, sure. And it's, and it's not just the, 
Uh, no. my, sh- my shoulders come up and down really quick. They stay up for a while. Yeah, or there's just moments where I'm like yelling at the TV, like, fuck you, Colmini. What the fuck? Who, where was the director? Were you even in the room when he was doing right. this? I mean, you know, it's Yeah, they like rolled that. on rehearsal. It's like, look, they just let it go. You know, Simon West was in Australia when they shot that two-week period. Oh, man. It w- I don't know. It just... Does it does the movie still work when it at its core? Yeah, it still works at its core. But it's it's the it's the extra ingredients that they throw on top of it that Yeah, there's just things that you do, do know. I, do, I wa- do I watch let's put it this way. I have a first gen Blu-ray of it. I probably wouldn't rebuy it even if it had a lot of extras. Yeah, there's nothing like there's Right. Yeah, I know there's nothing. Right. But the thing about this movie is the and the, what makes it fun. The fun part of it is seeing all the people in it that were yeah. at the beginning of their careers. I mean, what else did you see Ving Rhames in at this point aside? Kiss of Death. Kiss of, yeah, Kiss of Pulp Death. Pulp Fiction. And Pulp Fiction. I mean, you, you, you rec- he was new to you with Pulp Fiction, and then Dude. you get Kiss of Death in this. Right. Well, he was in Dave, too, which is weird because he in Dave? he's the fucking bodyguard. He's, he's like the, the president's he's the, bodyguard. He's, yeah, he's the but secret, he's got he's hair secret, and secret service. He's, secret right. service. he's great, though. He's That's funny right. and he's comedic. So it was funny because, you know, it was cool to see sort of Ving Rhames, you know, kind of, I felt like it was kind of a version of Marcellus Wallace. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he, he sort of, there was a moment where like Pulp Fiction changed him and he's sort of kind of been that guy. Right. Since. And that's cool. Right. But it was fun. I mean, the movie's not, not fun. Um, I, you know, I enjoyed, I laughed, I laughed at things. I laughed with things. I mean, I still like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. again. I hadn't seen it since it came out because I, right. I don't. Because you never to, got. You had to rent it, didn't I you? I did. I had to pay three ninety nine. Amazon. When I got out the movie out of the out of the rack, and I'm like, and I pulled it out, I'm like, oh yeah, this is one of those old Disney covers. I forgot how. With the widescreen, like written across. Oh no, 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 that's that's the DVD. Oh right. The Blu-ray has that swooping silver metallic oh, yeah. ink going on there. Look, man, if you like it, you're yeah. probably still going to like it. You'll just, you know, there's, but there are, but, there's a lot of cringeworthy the, things. The cringe, like I said, the cringe, cringe the cringy stuff is, seven. is high. Cringe it's factor high, seven? Yeah, and it's not for, it's not for the, you'll know, you'll know. Anyway, Tom, there you go. There's your, there Tom, is, is your, thank you. your con air. You know, I just... I'm like, oh yeah, well, it's just, it's there. To me, man, it became the butt of a lot of jokes is why I hadn't watched it in a long time. And right. I love Cage, but right. it was a movie like, you know, uh, again, I couldn't really remember that I hadn't seen it. And then I was like, I don't know that I've ever sat through this at home. And, um, you know, it, cause to me, yeah, the things I remember about it, put the money back in the box, right? <laughs> Cage's hair. Yes. Him running away with it all. All of a sudden now it's all wet. He's running away from an explosion. <laughs> and then, and then it's the, wind blowing. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I feel like it's it's part White Snake video. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely one of those movies from the 90s where it was a total movie by committee kind of thing. You yeah. Know, there were so many so many cooks in the kitchen. You know that they, they have board meetings breaking the story of this movie. Yeah. Totally. I need this. I need this. The, we need a poster. We need this one. We need trailer lines, trailer lines, trailer lines. 41 minutes, 13 seconds. We need this car. To blow up. Save the save the bunny. Put the bunny back in the box. Tom, there you go, buddy. Bunny's back in the box. Bunny's back Bing. in the box. It's all you. So, Godzilla yeah. 98. <laughs> <laughs> Is this better than Godzilla 98? Yes. Oh, God, yes. That. 
Yeah, man. All I got out of Godzilla 98 was a broken leg and fucking six months at home with a fucking busted foot. Terrible. Merlin. And that's the last time we'll ever talk about that movie. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp or the official at KaratePod, P-O-D. You can follow me on Twitter at Raven Shattuck or on your Instagram at Rollin 33 so there you go. Yeah. Oh, hey. Um, it's not for everyone. Is there anything else? Oh, you know what? Um, I was going to do a kick of the week, I think, since we don't do that anymore. But there was something I was going to suggest people watch. My stomach's growling. I need food. Um, oh, shit. Daybreak. On Netflix. Watch Daybreak. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Daybreak. It's not related to anything in this movie. It's just I saw it. Last Monday, I couldn't go to work because of the fucking fires. So I stayed home and I watched every episode of Daybreak. Binge that motherfucker out. Yeah, man. I don't even know what that is. Daybreak, man. I'm going to say if you want to know if you want to what Corey and I just lived through, check out Firestorm with Howie Long. We have everything laid out for the rest of November and December. Or even considering doing a year-in show on top of a normal show. But it'd be more like a clip show, which would be kind of pointless for the 15 people that listen. Or not. Or not. Because it might include clips that didn't make the episode. Mm, Patreon-only stuff. But, oh, one more thing. We released four episodes last month for Horror in the Garage. The intention was to put skits on at the beginning of them. We recorded the skits for two of those episodes, and we were always going to say we were going to go back and record skits for the other two later, and uh, we have not done it yet. But in sometime in the future, we're going to finish those episodes and complete them, if you will, with those intro skits. Director's and put, cuts. And put them as extra large versions on Patreon only. So, so far, it's just Mario and Tom. And Tom. You guys will have that to look forward to. Yeah. So there. So there, take that.